The Poorly Made Police podcast is for entertainment purposes only. This podcast has explicit content and is meant for mature audience. The views expressed on this poorly made podcast reflect the opinions of the guest and host. They do not reflect the opinion of any department or entity. Nothing on this poorly made podcast should be construed as legal or marital advice. If something offends you, I kindly invite you to lighten the fuck up. If you want to support this very poorly made podcast, click the link at the end of the description and become a monthly sponsor of the podcast. Or buy yourself some nice poorly made police memes merch. Not only does it look good on you, it's also a favorite of wives, exes, children, nurses, nuns, IA investigators, defense attorneys, and the chief. And of course, take care of the fine sponsors of this podcast. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy the orgasmic sound of a Crown Vic. Oh, hey there. Welcome to the Very Poorly Made Police Memes Podcast. I am your host, Lenny. Actually, my name is Michael. We'll explain that later on in the podcast. I got an awesome podcast lined up for you guys. little unique. I'm going to talk to two guys that worked for me before I was a cop. One is a cop. One is a firefighter. This is an awesome episode. I really enjoyed it. It was kind of cool to reminisce with these guys and... uh I don't know, kind of a blast from the past to uh, talk about a little bit how I was back in the day. Not that 10 years ago is that long, but kind of is, right? Hopefully you guys enjoy it as much as I did. But before we get into the podcast, of course, I got to give a huge, big, awesome thanks to our friends over at OfficerPrivacy.com. They make every single Sunday podcast possible. Hey, guess what? It's almost election time. You know what that means? Everything's going to be the cop's fault again, which means... We're going to have poor innocent cops being thrown to the wolves because of political reasons, because that's what we do here. Now, you think, well, there's some things out of your control there, but one thing you can control is your information being available online. That's where officer privacy comes in to help. They take your information off these people search sites, and that's one less thing for you to worry about. Now you may be asking yourself, well, Lenny, why do I need to do that? Because here's what happens. You get involved in one of these critical incidents. The first thing the media does, the first thing the uh, friends of the police do, you know what I mean by friends of the police, you know what they do? They get on the people search sites, look you up, look your family up, look up all your information. It's right there for the taking. And then the next thing you know, you got protesters at your door. You have the news media calling. You have all these fucking problems. You don't want that. So that's why you sign up for officerprivacy.com. Two ways to take care of it. They have a do-it-yourself method. Or you pay for the premium service, and they take care of everything for you. That's what I do, because I'm lazy, and it's awesome. So check out my friends over at officerprivacy.com. And of course, all the links in the podcast description. Real briefly, before we get into the podcast, I've been trying to uh, keep the intros a little shorter so we can get right into the podcast, but this is important. I, uh, I fucked up recording this one. I didn't do an officer of the podcast, so forgive me. I'm sorry, but... But today, as uh, I'm recording this intro, which it's uh, October 16th, uh, the podcast was recorded a little bit before that, like a week or two before, but it's been a pretty terrible week for law enforcement. A couple days ago, I saw a post that was kind of all over social media. I think Police Post made it. 
but it was in the last 72 hours, 14 police officers shot, seven of them killed. It's been awful. You know, I, I'm only hearing about this in the, the police world. I'm not seeing it in the mainstream media. I'm not out there anymore. I, uh, I feel helpless. I want to be out there helping, and I'm not. But I know you guys are out there, so, you know, keep your heads up. You know, all the cliche stuff, man. Watch your six. Take care of your brothers and sisters, okay? But I did want to uh, bring something up. This was sent to me by one of the listeners, and uh, I wanted to share the story. It's, uh, I think, something we all need to hear. As you guys know, recently, Bristol, Connecticut lost two officers and had another officer injured. I got a message from somebody in the area, and they kind of shared these officers' stories because they knew them. And I wanted to share them with you. I just wanted you to know these were A1 top tier guys. No shit, cream of the crop. Dustin DeMont was the sergeant everyone wants to work for. Smart, caring, fun-loving guy that cared about his brothers and his city. Alex Hamsey was an absolute warrior and at the same time an absolute friend to anyone he met. He always had a huge smile that drew everyone to him. Alec Luctero had a textbook performance. He took rounds but stayed in a fight and made a single 20-yard shot, instantly dropping the scumbag like a sack of shit. Without giving too many details, there would have been way more dead cops if Alec wasn't who he is. The scumbag was equipped and ready to go to war, ready to keep killing anyone that showed up. I just want to take a second and recognize those guys out there in Connecticut. All right, folks, thanks for uh, taking a second to remember these guys. And give thanks to the hero out there that saved many more lives. We'll get right into the podcast. I'm going to play a little bit of music for you. New band on the podcast. I have Chris Darlington with his song, Hold That Line. And we'll be right back to the podcast. Folks, just just for those playing at home, my name is Michael today, and welcome to the very poorly made security guard podcast. Joining me on the podcast, I have two guys that worked for me when I used to work mall security, and that those are my good friends, Jim and Dwight. Jim, how are you, buddy? I'm very good, thank you. It's good to talk to you again. It is good. I, I miss the sound of your voice. Now, for everybody listening at home, Jim, what do you do right now? I am a firefighter. Ha! Gay! I wish I had that sound. You, know, you don't I have a, a switchboard f- of like radio I sounds a, like the AM show? 
I have like I have like 15 of them or otherwise I have to look for it. So I had to do that one for myself. Although at this point I might be canceled because the last firefighter I had on, we made like gay jokes the whole time. So this podcast might not even come out, but that's okay. Dwight, how are you, buddy? I'm doing well. Try not to laugh at that. <laughs> and what profession are you in? I am on the, the I'm actually a first responder. I'm a police officer. That's my favorite son, everybody. My one son that followed my dreams, my hopes and dreams, and became a police officer, which let's be honest here, Jim probably made out the best because, you know, there's not defund the firefighter movements and all kinds of stuff like that. We'll he was always that. a smarter one. No, no, people love me. Was. They do. Everybody loved you, and you, you curly-headed fuck. You were so loved. All the girls in the mall loved you, too. Did you know that? Oh, yeah. Don't you remember how my car was decorated on my last day? I don't think I was there for your last day. Oh, no, that's right. Michael was there for my last The real, real Michael. The real Michael. Not day. me. The real Michael. Yeah. What happened on uh, your last day? Uh, they So all the girls that worked at Victoria's Secret um, through, I don't want to know where they got it, but a bunch of underwear all over my car. Dude, that's awesome. I'm kind of jealous of you. That's an amazing soundbite, by the way. It is. That might be the soundbite of the podcast. I could have also gone with the the uh, Debbie Does Dallas sound also. You are a handsome man. Now, Dwight, what you don't have in good looks, you have in a great personality, and I just wanted you to know that. I do my best. It's helped me have four kids. <laughs> you poor bastard. Um, yeah. Me too, buddy. Me too. So he, it's kind of funny how it kind of came about so these guys followed the page for years they didn't know it was me and without giving away too much because there needs to be a little sense of mystery but i posted in the stories uh, a photo of the dungeon down here where i record the podcast and there was something very specific to the job we worked dwight's wife picked up on it and that is how we figured out that there was this connection here and that Dwight used to work for me. And I, I think your wife had sent me a message before. Cause I made fun of like the, the King of Colorado, Jared Polis or something. And so I've talked with her back and forth a few times here and there. And she pointed that out. And I said, well, wait a second, who's your husband? And she goes, this guy. And I was like, Oh fuck him. And I immediately sent a message to Jim because I couldn't remember if I fired you or not. I was like, shit, did I fire this guy? No, I, I pieced out on you. So I went over, went over to the other, other property. Cause That's... at that point we were, we were commuting quite a ways just for, for that. And I was moving back home too. Cause I, at that point I was engaged to her. So now we're going to be getting married. Yeah. So I remember there was something about me being disappointed in him. And that's what it was. I trained him up. I gave him a job. I gave him a home and he fucking left me. Well, actually, what happened, too, is I went to go work for another security company, and I lasted two days, and I was like, this place is a hellhole, and I begged for you to come back, and in your mercy, you allowed me to. How do I not remember that? Is that an actual thing? I don't know. I, I specifically remember you saying, yeah, you can come back, but don't do this again. <laughs> so. <laughs> I have, like, no long-term memory because I don't fucking remember that at all. I just remember... Something about you leaving and me being kind of like a scorn lover over it. But you were my midnight guy, right? 
I was, I ended up being a hater Graves guy. Yeah. Yeah. I could see why you left because Graves sucks, but I liked you for (laughs) it because you were reliable as shit because I knew you were going to show up and I really hated working salary and getting a call at 10 o'clock at night. Hey, the graveyard guy isn't here, which usually meant that I got to go work the graveyard shift for free. Yeah. Or, hey, they're not answering the safety calls, so I'm pretty sure they're dead or sleeping. Yeah, something like that. Now, Jim, I hired you first, right? Yes, yes, you did. And then you begged me to hire your buddy, right? Yeah, Dwight was my roommate at the time, so we were living together in a strictly platonic sense. <laughs> Funny hey, thing Colorado. is, he helped me get... He helped me get two jobs, so I pretty much followed him around like a lost Did you guys know each other before your roommates, or it was just kind of a random thing? Uh, so, other funny story. We were friends in, like, middle school. Lost touch completely in high school. And then we're roommates together freshman year in the dorms. So just and that was reconnected. random. Completely random that we were in the same room. Maybe fate, I don't know. It, maybe it was fate, and it brings us together once again tonight. There's a lot of things I want to talk about the Maldives because I think there's a lot of funny stories and how shitty of a, a job it really was. Oh, I it was the Wild know. West. We could do pretty much whatever we wanted. We no, we we didn't do anything. You could do more there than you can as a police officer. <laughs> you could do whatever you wanted as long as it didn't pertain to actually doing anything. <laughs> so what you're saying is I was a great boss. Absolutely. I feel like there was a pause, and I'm a little suspicious of that. I want to know uh, the truth. Just, I want to know. Slow, I'm slow on my unmute button. I want to know the truth. I want to know what Michael was like ten years ago. It was about what? I, I got a little longer. I got a good story for you if you want. If you want me to be candid, I love it. So being the great, I remember one time I came in here in your office, and I guess I was shaking my hands. Do you remember asking me if I was on drugs? Shut the fuck up. You did, yeah. No, you asked me if I was on drugs. And I was like, no, I like it freaked me out. Like, why is he asking me this? And I'm shaky in general. Even now I'll go to the range and I'll have the like range instructor and he'll be uh he'll be like, Why are you shaking so bad? Like, I just shake. I, I land my shots, but I shake. I asked you if you were on drugs. Do you have a you calcium did. deficiency? It might be. I don't know. You lived with me long enough. I have a lot of different it's because he jerks off too much he has no iron that's but i have four children i don't need yeah that. then you just pass out <laughs> yeah then you just pass out and not shake yeah okay point. but but did i ask you if you were on like drugs or did i ask you if you're on medication because you no, never you struck drugs. me as a drug user yeah i don't i don't know i'm not a drug you never have been so i was completely Are honest sure? in my 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 or my or boards you know the only difference is intent. They, sh- they should have asked me. I was like, yeah, that dude fucking shook one time in my office. That dude was totally on drugs. I mean, if only you knew, like Jim here knows when I freaked out on a roommate because they were just smoking a ton of pot in the house and I was getting sick of it. So that's what type Would of guy. that, Cheech? Drug school. Exactly. That's, I can't remember that. Was this at like night? Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure. Maybe you, were, maybe, you were, maybe you were grumpy the entire night. I don't know. No, it's no, no it's, hard feelings. It's very possible I was grumpy and tired because I worked a lot there for not a lot of money. So story time, kids. I know not everybody that listens to this podcast is going to be a cop. Some people are. Maybe some people are looking to get outside of law enforcement. 
in my humble opinion, there are very few circumstances where you should work a fucking salary job. Awful. Um, I, I got paid for 40 hours and I was regularly working 60 to 80 hours for 40 hours. It's a bad time. It's a bad time. So that, that would be my advice to you. So other than believing that you were a drug user and apparently I'm a narc, how was I as a, a boss, Dwight? I mean, honestly, you were, you were just fine. I, I had sure? no issues. You got, even no, with you that. got the, I'm not, I probably well, I mean, won't even edit it out if you say something bad. I, I want to know. Lay it on. I mean, me. I was on, I was on graves. I was kind of like the, the redheaded stepchild that was forgotten about. You know, if anything, you neglected me. So, I probably did. I probably you could have stopped in at like 3 a.m. and, you know, given me some positive feedback and encouragement. <laughs> or found me, the... you know, passed out, half alive, you know. I just that distinctly was... remember one day I totally just went off books and chased some shoplifter across the parking lot into those uh, semi-shitty apartments immediately across the street. Don't say have... semi-shitty. They are full shitty. <laughs> full yeah, shitty apartments across the street. Uh, and well, yeah. You know, the ones that that specific store, just the exit door pointed directly to. So they had a straight shot of yeah. expensive luggage and whatever they wanted. But I went off property where I have zero authority compared to the, you know, just buckets of buckets of authority I had on property. Buckets. But And I just completely ate shit over a hedge doing, you know, cowboy shit because i felt like it that day apparently and we had a full staff meeting that afternoon and you all came in and i was all scraped up and my pants were ripped and everything you just looked at me go you okay i'm like yep <laughs> we're good <laughs> no questions uh, asked i do remember that i do remember the bush thing. zero follow-up <laughs> <laughs> no questions just you good all right <laughs> hey i fucking asked if you're okay all right yeah, but it's no like, come to my office. We need to have a discussion about the rules here. You got more than I did on Graves, okay? I was chasing shadows and my own imagination. That place on night shift, because I worked quite a few of those night shifts. Um, it's a That's because I feel man. like Kevin never showed up. Was his name Kevin? There was the a lot bald. of people that never showed Younger, up. Younger, bald guy, he never showed up. I, I to, to, to be honest with you, there's very few people that I remember there except for notable, notable people because I, I went through so many fucking people. I mean, how long did you work there, Jim? Where it was just like a revolving door because no one wanted to work for what was it like uh, nine fifty an hour? I think I was there three years. You worked there for three years. You done? Yeah, I, think, I, think was, I think it was pretty close to three years. Wow. <laughs> did you make supervisor after I left or no? Uh, Michael promoted me to sergeant which essentially meant here's these responsibilities you don't get any money he didn't pay you money <laughs> you know, uh, he didn't give me a raise pay, he was supposed to pay you a raise. he was supposed to give you a raise it's like two bucks more an hour oh no i'm sorry sergeant was what the actual supervisor i made corporal or whatever the hell below sergeant is oh we so he corporal? made up a, he made yeah. up a position for you so like when the supervisor wasn't there for the day i was in charge but it meant nothing <laughs> And I got to wear a neat little pin on my shirt that said EMT. Maybe he should have been Dwight. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, that dude would have been a fucking Dwight. That guy was weird as shit. I felt bad. So he had the light bar on his truck so he could go a thousand miles from his hometown to where the mall was located, which was not super close. 
I don't know if it was with you guys, but I remember having a conversation with some people over there saying, I'm pretty sure he's impersonating and he's going to get caught doing that and it's going to be a problem. He was an interesting guy. So for the backstory, for those playing at home, I uh, I left to be a cop, obviously. And so somebody had to come in and replace me. And so a guy from a different mall in the region came over and took over. Dude's a nice enough guy, but he is just so fucking weird. And he used to be a sheriff's deputy out in California, I guess. And there was just something always. So what the business card he handed to every copy met said. (sighs) See what we're talking about here. I forgot about that. Yeah. Every Um, single one. He was weird because did he ever invite you guys to, to his house? Yes. We had a Christmas party in his home theater in his basement. Oh. It was weird. Did anybody get Epstein there? Or not Epstein. That's the wrong word. Did anybody get Weinstein there? <laughs> no, no. God, that dude. I, was, I, I, believe, I believe it was a dry event. I wish I was invited. I was never invited. <laughs> so you fucking left. You left before I left, right? Yeah, I was at the other closer property than the one that he gave up. So I left, and this guy took over, and I felt bad because I, I think... I could be wrong, Jim, but I felt like when I left, there was actually a pretty decent group because the troublemakers, quote unquote, had been let go or they were gone. But I I thought I left it in okay hands, but maybe I didn't. I don't remember. Yeah, I mean, it was just business as usual after you left. It wasn't. So no, there wasn't like nobody cried. <laughs> nobody book. was upset that I left. I think we're all a little upset you left because now we had to deal with new Michael. And Did you ever did you see his desk? No, I I didn't see his desk. Oh my god! So after you left, you remember what your office looked like? You had the, you know, what you would expect in a mall desk. He brought in like his personal, I don't know what kind of fancy ass hardwood. That was his desk when he was a quote unquote sheriff or whatever. And this thing was huge. I don't know how he got it through the door, but it faced the door in the hallway, so you could only stand on the opposite side of his desk. I swear it was a power move because this thing was so he, massive. He had a Saddam Hussein desk. Is that what you're telling us? You know yeah, more about yeah, Saddam totally. Hussein than me. Uh, again, Dwight. He should be a Dwight because Dwight brings in a Saddam Hussein desk. It had that like little half cylinder shaped green lamp that every 1990s cop desk had. I have two of those. I actually have one. I should put it down here in the dungeon. I feel like everybody has one of those, right? No, well, no, no, but <laughs> <laughs> I have lighting in my ceiling, so it's fine. <laughs> There's those that have them and those of us that wish we had them. Okay, so Jim, I'm I'm curious. So I I guess we can use real names because it's not like people know who these people are, but so when I left, who was the sergeant, aka the supervisor? Was that still Kyle? No, that was uh, okay. Oh, that's right, because I made you guys fight for it. Yeah, you did. Oh, I remember that. That was tough. I had a really hard time with that decision. What happened to Kyle? Did I fire him, or did he leave on his own? I think he left on his own accord. I feel like there was this... Uh, so this dude, Kyle, and this guy, Aaron, They there was some jealousy over like the supervisor thing, and they it was basically like, for two years straight, they would basically make complaints on each other. It's funny now because like just the dumb shit they would like squabble up about like little fucking girls. 
but at the time uh, it was probably super petty oh it fucking pissed me off i was like i'm fucking at home shut the fuck up and work like this is stupid oh well he made me do this okay well he's a supervisor on shift like go fuck yourself don't call me at home you know send me an email it doesn't matter right now um but they would just go back and forth and it was uh it was it was not a good time again that's why i don't like supervising people because of shit like that but i would imagine that was why i never wanted to be a sergeant as a cop because i just thought I've already dealt with that shit. I don't want to deal with the fucking employee squabbles anymore. It sucks. I was so happy to be a grunt and to be fucking over the the squabbles. Do any of you guys have any supervisory duties where you work now, Jim? No, I do not. I'm still relatively at the bottom of the totem pole, but it's kind of nice down here. So, And I've seen the same for you, right, Dwight? Yeah, I don't. Not currently. I'm so new. Um, as you like, a rookie still. Um, which I can explain maybe why I'm not anymore, but uh, I was a supervisor in my last profession, um, which I was in, I was in loss prevention for like eight, eight years. So I ended up being a supervisor in that role and yeah, supervising sucks. Yeah, that shit's, I mean, like just the employee bitching is just insane. I was actually going to ask you, man, because I didn't know really what happened to you after I left. I know. I'm really having a hard time keeping the name straight, but I know Jim became a, a firefighter and I, I kind of wondered, you know, what happened to you? Cause I don't, did you want to be a cop when you were working for me? I don't remember. No. So the funny thing is I was going to school uh, to be a teacher. Um, and then I got pretty much all the way through and was like, this sucks. I don't want to do that. Um, and it's funny, Jim was like, I'm going to, I'm going to go to police academy. I was like, that sounds pretty sweet. Let's do that. And then he said, no, I think the quote I remember him saying is no, I don't want to you know, spend my time telling people what to do. Um, and then I kind of started doing it, but back then, so that was probably what, 2013 now, or a little, maybe a little earlier. I mean, no one was hiring. Uh, it was like, you had thousands of people applying for a couple of positions and, um, I was, had just gotten engaged so pretty much like you, you weren't getting sponsored for an academy for the most part so i had to decide between spending 10 to twelve thousand dollars um on that or being in the throes of love marrying my high school sweetheart and i obviously chose the second and then i just started having a family and kids and just uh went through a bunch of random jobs but there was always something something in me, I think, called me to it, um, especially once I got into loss prevention. Um, I did really well in that, whether it was the investigations or chasing some, you know, scumbag uh, for the suitcase of, you know, Ralph Lauren shirts that he just stole. And I just found, I even had a gun pointed in my face for a $30 drone. He might call me stupid. Like my wife was worried about me and I was like, you know, I, was, I, would, I, I wouldn't back down from that again if I was put in a situation. I mean, there's, there's always this kind of this encouragement. And then, you know, eight years later, um, I got into shape, uh, lost 60 pounds. I was like, you know, now's the time. So I started applying. That happened to be after George Floyd in 2020. So every department on the face of the earth was short-staffed and they're uh, desperately needing people. And I just happened to get uh, sponsored in a department that was right in the area that I grew up in, which was pretty awesome. It's cool you had kind of that roundabout way to, to get there. I mean, I think you probably started a little later than I did, but you know, I didn't go, I didn't become a cop until I was in my late twenties and I had the different experience, which I think ultimately was kind of helpful 
because I don't think when I was young guy, I would have been a good cop. Like the first where I was, where I was like the manager for you guys was the second manager position I had at a mall. I was somewhere else before that. And that place, because I was young, I, I made it so much worse than it needed to be because I was young and dumb and went in kind of guns a blazing and made a bunch of changes thinking I knew best and it blew up in my face. But that kind of shows me when I was that age to be a cop, I probably would have done the same shit. I'm, I'm kind of a proponent of, you know, having a little bit of life experience, but the, speaking of life experience, what is the most, you know what, let, let's start here. We'll, we'll get to the, the, the best mall experience you ever had, like what you learned from being a mall security guard. Maybe nothing. I don't know. What's your best to, to mall security? <laughs> Say what now? I had to learn something. <laughs> yeah. Well, th- this is this is me fucking a decade later. I want to know. I submit my exit interview for you guys. But what? what's your best mall cop story? I'll let you go first, Jim. Or did you my already best, say it? My yeah, best you got mall cop story. Funny or stupid that happened. Yeah, come back to me. I got, I got a couple. Come back to me. I got to think of one. I got I to gotta organize the words. I, I, I have one. If he, if he wants to. Yeah, go for it. I guess mine was, uh, you know, the, the emergency hallways that we had, uh, and we didn't want people exiting through them. So yeah. a bunch of, so me and a partner of mine, uh, he's called the Juve Hunter. There's a V on the end of that. So, you know, Juve. Oh, oh, is that yeah. who I think it was? I, I don't, maybe. I, uh, uh, I don't, I don't. What the fuck was this? I like that dude. That dude was weird, but I can't think of. Oh, what the hell's his real name? I like that dude though. He's kind of a strange dude, like kind of a short guy. Really in the video yeah, games. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't remember either. But okay. Anyways, anyways go on. These 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 juveniles, I'll use the full terms so no one mistakes what I'm saying. Um, we're we're using the exit. You know, you just get to confront them and it's just like you're not using this exit. And then they kind of squared up on me and I just kind of squared up on them. I was like, I don't know what's gonna happen. Because there's, especially with the perspective I have now of law enforcement, it's like, you know, if you try and use this exit hallway, something's going to go down. You need to turn back around. Luckily, the kid who was squaring up on me, and I think he's going to fight me over this exit, emergency exit hallway, um, his buddy goes, hey, man, it's not worth it. And they just backed back down. And like a boss, I made them go back into the, the mall and exit out the actual exit. So that's kind of my one victory story I think I had um, before I went to Graves and absolutely nothing happened. You were going to beat up a kid for going out the exit? I don't think I was going to beat him up. I just kind of, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't move aside. I just said, you're going to go back in. And he was, he was squaring up on me. I just didn't back down. I don't know what would have happened if he attacked me. Looking back with no training or experience, I have no idea what would have happened. I probably, I probably have been like, dude, you beat up a 15 year old for going out the door. I mean, because he was taller. We're going to have to, we're going to have to have a training. We're going to have to have a training meeting on that. Exactly. I, I can't old. say I was. I can't say I was going to beat him up, but I like to think it was my my dad, my dad voice before I was a dad. I can handle that. I was just getting a little concerned that you're you're into beating up little kids. I think Jim can tell you knowing me for so long. I'm not. I'm not. I'm more of a lover than a fighter. You. I mean, you guys were roommates, so he's, he's a big softy. He is exactly. a big softy. Very, very, very cuddly. Do, do you figure out your story, Jim? Oh yeah, the the one and only time I got to use our handcuffs that we trained so much on, I feel like it was maybe annually, but because <laughs> we were supposed to use them, that was the hint. Don't use them. <laughs> I did, 
But I broke up a fight. The only kid that stuck around, I handcuffed him because, you know, why not? And it turns out he was the kid of one of the hairdressers at that salon that was in the middle of the mall. <laughs> and so I'm like, well, he was fighting, so he's getting kicked out. But I can't kick him out because he's only like 13 or something. And his mom's here. <laughs> so he has to just go sit in the salon now. And I had to go down there and explain to her why I was handcuffing her son. And that was awkward. But that's what he gets for not running away. So I feel like that story is way worse than mine. You were going to commit child abuse in a hallway with zero witnesses. A child at least, at least I was outside. You guys need to talk to a therapist about your hatred <laughs> of children. I, I don't now, have any, so there's reason. To be completely fair, the kids that went to this mall, I have no bones in saying this, were some of the most awful children on the planet. Oh, God, it yes. Was, we were we were a free babysitting service, what we were. I I was kind of thinking about the death of malls because I I personally like malls. It's convenient, right? It's one place you go in, you fucking look at all the places. Now everything's all spread out. And I don't really know all the causes of it, but I can tell you um, if you go to a mall, you know, especially if it's hot out or cold out on like a Friday or Saturday night in a a quote unquote urban area, it's not a good time because basically it's everybody drops their fucking kids off and there's no parental supervision. And they think the fucking mall, like you were saying, is a babysitting service and it's fucking awful for business. And then, you know, if you made any bones about, you know, if you kick kids out for not knowing how to act, they'd fucking run stories in the newspaper. They, you know, you'd have people up in arms like, well, you kick my kid out. Yeah, because your kid's a fucking asshole. I couldn't say it then, but I'll say kid it now. Kid gets you, kicked off mall property, gets hit by car crossing street. Security guard that, to blame. That might have happened, didn't it? Or security guard chasing God, no. liquor across the street, gets hit by car. It's, you know, something we're experiencing now. I looked both ways before I crossed that street. I was perfectly fine. Tell that to his by car. mother. It was a miserable job because of that shit. And there was there's always like fights and stuff. And there's a bunch of gangs in the city that we worked in this mall. It was, you know, but the mall was so worried about like pissing people off, but like, why do you care about pissing off people that aren't going to spend money at the mall anyway? Cause we, we always said put a fucking curfew in. So, well, that's, that's rude. That's me. No, no, it's not a fucking, it's not a playground. Don't drop your fucking kids off, you know? And I don't know. People make it into something it's not. Like, just raise your kids so they don't fucking cause problems. Or let's be honest. We were all teenagers. What are you going to do with your teenage friends when your parents aren't around? You're going to dick off like any fucking around, American. Yep. It's Anybody's uh-huh. going to do that. So it's a very simple math equation. It's a business, not well, a fucking playground. Well, and what that business didn't realize, we all know, like, it wasn't, like, doing the best. Um, part of the reason is, at least... As far as I knew, there was a reputation of that place that this was the stuff going on. That's what made legitimate customers not want to come there. It's uh, it's still hanging in there. I don't know how. I know. I, I heard that. It's still there. I they tore the, still there. one of the main stores off the end of it, put in more parking lot. Like that was going to do anything. Fun fact: two years ago, I drove up there to because I wanted to buy a Crown Vic, and I looked at a Crown Vic in that parking lot. I was like, ah. Old times feels like at home. I spent a lot of time at that fucking mall. You know, it's weird. I have more dreams about the mall than I'd like to admit. And it's usually dreams about me 
not doing paperwork because there was a lot of stupid administrative paperwork like checking your fucking daily logs like i don't give a shit as long as the doors were closed or whatever our daily logs were pointless oh they were (laughs) i thought i prettied them up though i liked my daily logs i was proud of my daily logs but they were no they're awful it's fine you were Um, you there when uh was his name avery worked there no that's the guy i was thinking of the marine Uh, yeah that's him he would put like yeah he put random shit in there like saw a porcupine yeah, in the followed lot. followed porcupine. Yeah. I'm like, there was no fucking porcupine. I think it within 30 miles of this place. There's a fo- there was a fox though. I can attest to the fox. I saw the fox a lot at night. Well, as a as a, as a hobo that I know says, it's not really a fox. It's probably a shapeshifter. So just be careful about that. Mm, could be. Damn skinwalker. Okay, what the fuck are skinwalkers? Everybody keeps talking about skinwalkers. I don't even know what they shapeshifters. Are. Yeah, go watch uh, documentaries on uh, Netflix and Hulu. It's like a Native Skin, Native Skin American shapeshifter. Yeah, Skinwalker Ranch. Go check that out. Huh? Because I was I was informed on social media recently that it's a big thing in Colorado and Nevada, and I was like, I fucking lived in Colorado most of my life. I never heard that fucking term in my life. Yeah, the documentary of the ranch. It's out in uh, Utah, actually. So it's a uh, the the Utes, I guess. Um, they're afraid of this canyon because it's where the skinwalker walks through and there's a ranch sitting there and a bunch of crazy stuff happens on history channel also has a show on it too you guys remember when the history channel used to do like shit on history and not like weird ufo documentaries yeah those were the good days they had to bump her they had to bump their you muted yourself when you were talking (sighs) come on jim hose draggers Fucking hose dragger. Give your balls a tug. This is what happens when we respond to stuff together. Yeah, the scene's safe. You can come in. Yeah, it's clear. Maybe he's maybe he's making some chili right now. Yeah, Sorry, my, my internet had a seizure. I don't know what happened there. Okay, I believe in you. It didn't um, like me making fun of the History Channel. And <laughs> apparently. The, the Illuminati got me. Let's see here. I, I actually wrote down some questions. Oh, I was going to ask you guys, though, because I always make fun of security guards on the podcast, even though I was one. I don't have a problem with security. Like, I actually think it's a decent, decent stepping stone to a lot of other jobs. As long as you realize what you're doing isn't really important. I mean, it, you know, it can be, you know, as long as you're proficient in your job. But like, you're not a cop. Like, if something bad happens, you're going to call the cops kind of thing. Um, but it's not, you know, there was a lot of people that took it very, very seriously or didn't or didn't show up. There was it was kind of a, a weird line. But I think it's a good stepping stone because, you know, learn how to talk to people because you can't do shit because you have to talk yourself out of stuff. So that would be that would be what I think I learned as a cop or as a security guard that helped me in my policing career is the ability to talk to people. De-escalation techniques. De-escalation. You like that? <laughs> Oh, yeah. What did you What did you learn, Jim? Uh, you know, I got pretty good at talking to people. It's come in handy a lot at my current job, actually. You know, just we don't always deal with the most pleasant people either, but sometimes I got to talk to them. Especially in the job I had between the mall and my current job, I worked on an ambulance for six years, Oof. and I got I got the real unsavory people, and then I just got put in the back with them. So that was fun. To be fair, um, as a police officer, I thank you because it's those crazy, drunk, um, nasty people that we just find on the street, and we just call you guys to come scoop them up and take them off to the hospital. So thank you on behalf of all of us. Yeah, you're, you're welcome. That's, that's the pleasant part. 
<laughs> thanks for his service. Thank me for my service. I have a I have a story if you want. I love about, uh, so about security guards. Yeah, I'm you know give me crap if you'd like. I do like doing traffic, um, and I'm in a, a traffic area. It's a 35 mile per hour, and I get a guy going like 55 in there, and I didn't realize it until I'm like pulling him over. I'm like that's a security car. I pull him over and I go up to him and I talk to him. He's like, well, I'm going to this property because there's a burglary in progress. And in my head, I'm like, what, what are you going to do when you get there? Like you're going 20 miles out over. Um, what, what exactly are you going to do when you get there? And he did, didn't really have an answer for me. Um, and it just made me think when you're talking about the people that take it way too far or don't care. Because like he was one of those people, like he's going to recklessly drive to this area. It was a ton of uh, accidents and stuff. Uh, including rollovers, but I don't. I don't think he was thinking through like, what are you going to do when you get there? If there's a burglary in progress. So that's the end of my story. But it was interesting, and that was recently that I had that one happen. He was going to go full Captain America. He's, he was ready. He was going to save the shopping center. It was going to happen. Yeah, that's. I mean, I imagine maybe he has more ability to do stuff as a civilian than I do. You know, he just citizen arrests them. I guess. And he was unarmed, so again, I don't, I don't know what he's going to do. He wasn't. He wasn't wearing like a ballistic vest with the Punisher skull spray painted on it. Funny story is we have. So I had mentioned in in my area we have a lot of subsidized housing, and they do have security in these places, and they do walk around in ballistic vests. Um, so that is a thing. We have security in my neighborhood. All they do is narc to the HOA. Fucking narc. Damn HOAs. Yeah, I hate them too. So, yeah, you know, having does. been a security guard, I still, every time I drive by him, I just flip him off. All right, we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back to the podcast. I want to talk to you about my buddy Brad Williams over at Police Fit. You guys see him on the page every single Monday on Poorly Made Police Memes. Brad's going to help the new applicants and active officers smash their fitness and regain their health. Brad has 11 years experience in the fitness industry, 17 years in the military, and is also a first responder. He's going to share his experience and expertise to help applicants get their dream job and help active first responders regain their health. That's Police Fit, and I'll have a link for you on the podcast description. Back to the podcast. Jim, do you think you made the right decision in the go in the fireside rather than cop? 100%. No, <laughs> no, no, no dig, no dig to either of you, but 100%. What? What is I, I just had a firefighter on the podcast. It's not out yet, so you guys wouldn't have heard it. But what do you think the worst part of your job is as a fire cop? Getting woken up by cops. Yeah, no, kidding. Um uh probably just when like there's severely injured people and they have relatives on scene, it's hard, you know. I don't deal well with other people experiencing trauma because I don't like it, but I'll look at the dead people all day, it's, but when there's like a loved one or something there, I don't like that. You know, you see the weirdest reactions with people. I remember I had one. This lady was basically like a caretaker, and she, but she'd lived with her for like 10 years, long, long time, and she took care of this lady. And this lady died, and we just got to talking to her, and it was it was weird how nonchalant she was about it. And it kind of weirded me out to the point where I actually called, you know, our, our some detectives and I was like, Hey, this is fucking weird. You guys might want to take a look on this one, but they, you know, they had, you know, they're busy, you know, you know, whatever they do to get on call pay and not show up. But 
They'll look into it after they solve all the murders. Yeah. But it was just one of those things. But but it could have been just a normal reaction. It's really weird. I feel like on those death scenes, you either get like the total like crazy waterworks, which I think is kind of expected, the death of a loved one, or you get this weird indifference. And there's not like a lot of in between. Because I think it's kind of awkward. Like if I don't know, some some people are less emotional than other people. And it's it was always weird to me to go to these deaths where people weren't like upset. I don't know if, if you've experienced that or not, Jim. Yeah. Uh, you know, sometimes it's expected and they've had time to kind of come to terms with it. But so some people are just very all grieve later and they, they don't want to do it in front of other people. That's weird. Yeah, it is. It is always tough pumping on somebody and you get like people screaming on the background and stuff like that. Uh, it's October. I think this podcast is coming out in October. If not, it'll be awkward. Have you guys had any, we can include them all on this. Have you guys had any weird, spooky experiences on the job? I have a hilarious one that's vaguely spooky. I like it. Let's go with it. All right. So we were down uh, back when I was on the ambulance. We were pronouncing a guy that committed suicide and he had taken steps to secure his house. We had to break in and we found him. It had been a couple days, but not like super gross status, but kind of gross. And for some reason, my partner was looking at his face super close. And right as he leaned in, he was like shining his flashlight into his mouth to look at God knows what. But one of the sheriff's uh, deputies was standing in the corner and their phone went off right as he gets at face level with this dude. And it's the X-Files theme. <laughs> and i just look at him like what the fuck just happened <laughs> uh comedic timing yeah you got anything dwight i don't have any good spooky story i mean other than you know i've been on so my department we have three rotations i've been on graves two of those um and just the way your mind starts to play tricks on you you can just be like, you could be driving it's like is that a body hanging from the tree or, you know, I've had one where I'm, you know, just kind of kind of pulled over for a few minutes. And it's like I suddenly see like a big dog in front of me, like a ridiculous large dog, kind of Skinwalker Ranch, if you watch that. Um, Stop talking about skin, Skinwalker's. I'm going to punch yeah, you in the face. No, I mean, you know, I have this regular in our, our town that uh, he, he really likes talking about those uh, shapeshifters. So maybe that's messing with me. But it's just stuff like that. You're, you're you get tired just that normal and on graves, as I'm sure, you know, it's like this. It's normal tired use. It's like your, it's your baseline. You can't get past it. Um, and your mind just messed with you. Or I was sitting in my car one time and I felt like it just started rolling backwards. And it happened three times. And each time I'm like, my car is not rolling backwards. So Are you on drugs? Kind of, uh, yeah, I guess I might be. The drugs of grave. I... Uh, but yeah, that's all I really... I mean, I, I do, if we're talking about dead bodies, my uh, my first suicide I had, she had... She had hanged herself on her bathroom door and she's behind the door and it's a very small apartment, just a bedroom and a bathroom. The bathroom and the laundry room are the same room. And I'm being told by my field trainer, go in there, you got to start taking pictures. So I do. And, uh, you know, me, I have to like kind of push the door. You start feeling the body. You're like, what am I going to see on the other side of this door? Um, and I turn around and it was one of those suicides. If you've experienced it, the, the noose is low enough from hanging themselves that they have to sit on their butts to kill themselves. So there, there's, you could stand up hypothetically, like, oh, I'm having second thoughts, but these people are the ones where they, they sit down and, you know, they must have wanted to die because they sit down on their butts. Um, and the spooky thing that happened to me, I was like, you know, that I'm one of those people, like, I want to know where my line is. 
And I was like, you know, it wasn't bothering me really. I was like, oh, that's interesting. She turned like the AC down, so she wasn't stinky or anything. But then when I went home, and I think maybe my, my mind was processing everything, every time I walked up to one of my doors in my house, and it was like open, and you had the door jam with the, the crack in between, she popped into my head. So that I guess that was kind of spooky, uh, just, you know, walking into my, my kid's room or my bedroom, and like suddenly this gal who hanged herself is popping into my head because I'm coming up to a door. There's, um, I talked about it on a recent podcast where I went to where a guy had hung himself, and it was outside. and one thing about that is kind of similar to what you're saying is the moon hit him in a particular way that anytime the moon hits that way, I think of him because it was just, I, I would say it had to be a full moon because it was really bright. And um, so I'm always like, Oh yeah, I remember this feeling when this guy was hanging from an overpass. That was fun. Uh, I was I actually full, have a full moons of, are when skinwalkers are most powerful. Oh, so. shut the fuck up. About it's true. It's true. Yeah. You gotta <laughs> so, I actually, one thing that happened to me at the mall a few times, the overnight shift, sorry, sorry, Dwight, that you worked it, but you were reliable and I thank you for it. But especially when the nights when I was tired, because I would work like a day shift and I'd come home and usually I'd get a call at like, you know, five, like, hey, I'm sick or whatever. Or it'd be like, you know, I'd been asleep for a couple hours and the, the you know, somebody call and be like, hey, the night guy didn't show up and then I'd have to fucking roll over there. So I'm fucking tired anyway. And then work my shift in the morning, but it's fine. But I'm not bitter at all about it one bit. But you're making six figures. Come on, stop, stop whining. Fuck, dude, I fucking wish, man. You know, it we'll get to that in a second. But the uh, there was one time a guy was uh, they had like the night crew come in and like you know clean the sidewalks and shit. And there was a dude with a uh, a backpack on that was one of the like the huge um leaf blowers and he's moving his arms back and forth but i didn't know what it was at first i just saw the giant thing with an arm moving back and forth and this like all the shit going around and i remember seeing that and like my heart dropped because i was like what the fuck is that and then you know i got closer to it and i'm like i just fucking almost shit my pants because a guy's leaf blowing the sidewalk when you're tired your fucking mind plays tricks on you Oh, yeah. My favorite thing was those little kitty rides that oh, never turned off. Yeah. So it'd be 2 a.m. and you just hear the giggling of children faintly throughout the mall. <laughs> yeah. The, the you worst. fucking said that. Oh. I, I hear it now that you say it. I fucking yeah. heard it. You, you think about it, you hear it again because it's haunting. Did you guys ever go into the old theater that was out there? No. The old theater? Oh, you got, I might not even told you guys about it, but there was like an old abandoned building out there. And you wouldn't even know it was really on that same property. And we had a key to it. And I remember was it like, the bank? It was next to the bank. They, you know what? It might have demolished it by the time you were I there. think it was gone by the time. Yeah, we yeah were the, okay. the bank was standalone by the time we were there. Yeah, it was, it was next to the bank. It was kind of out that way. And isn't the bank a laundromat now? I think I saw that. I think, I think it is, yeah. Yeah. Um, but I, you know, we'd go occasionally, I'd go out there. You know, as bored, not you weren't supposed to. It was filled with asbestos, but that fucking building was creepy, man. All overgrown and shit. And the asbestos hadn't killed me yet. Yeah, I, I hated the, I hated doing the interior, um, like patrols on that place because yeah, like the, the music when they leave it on. Um, but one time that it messed with me, there was just, um, I think it was over by the Cedars. It was on the the side, and there's just a dude sitting there, 
like leaned up against the wall and he like wasn't responding at all. And I go up and I said in my flashlight, it's like, hey buddy, you okay? You okay? And it was snowing, it was like negative 10. So I'm like, this guy might be dead. But after like five minutes of messing with him, he suddenly wakes up and he's not like calm, like, oh man, I just passed out. He immediately goes from passed out to I'm going to fucking kill you and like gets up on his feet. I was like, okay, that that escalated quickly. I forgot. I mean, maybe he just calmed down on his own. Or I think I might have ended up calling the, the, the police department at that point. But that was a freaky moment. I mean, did I'm he, already tired. Did he come from that classy bar across the parking lot? What was that bar called? I forgot. Uh, I'll, I'll name it and then I'll edit it out. But yeah, it was... I don't want to drop names. but And I guarantee you it is 100% the exact same. They just changed their name to avoid. I, I think when you guys worked there, maybe it wasn't the case. But that bar used to be on mall property. That made night yeah, the, uh, funner. The maintenance shed was still over there. We had to go back behind it to check it technically. Yeah, so that parking lot used to be part of the mall and they had like some weird sale thing and they didn't own it anymore. And so we no longer had a responsibility over there. But that that could be a source of entertainment at night, you know, watching the drunks leave that fucking Oh yeah. Every time I was on nights, I went over there and watched them all leave. It was awesome. Watched was some guy fight. drift his car into the light pole and like, oh that's not my problem because that's not our property. <laughs> so one of the things on, you know, I don't think this dude, I wonder what happened to this guy. Cause he was well before your guys this time. Fucking awesome dude. But he like, I guess wasn't very articulate. And so we're, he worked nights and we're trying to like teach him how to write reports and stuff. And malls, if you guys don't know this malls would want reports for, uh, you know, liability purpose, slip and fall, shit like that. And so you would write what happened. And sometimes that shit could actually be important when it comes to, you know, lawsuits and stuff. You know, we could say, yeah, they slipped here, but there was a fucking sign out and all the stuff, right? Well, so, you know, if there was a major, you know, whatever happened, they'd want a little report done for liability purposes. And so there was like a big fight out by that bar. And dude, he called me in the middle of the night and told me about it. And I was like, all right, you good? And he's like, yeah, yeah. You know, I just watched. I was like, okay, woman, well, no worries. Um, I said, like, you know, just document it a little bit. And so I came in the next morning to read his report. And it was like a um, Buck Savage video. Have you guys all seen those? Yeah. Yep. Are you being serious? Okay. Well, like, he, they're older videos. He, he works for a police one now. But it was like, you know, it's all suspect, arrested same or something like that. Like it was like police training videos, but kind of mockumentary stuff. Well, this fucking report was just like it. The fucking report said, um, saw fight, cops took him downtown. That was the report. Suplex like, City. It was awesome. Like the funniest report. We actually started calling him Downtown, was his nickname after that. I don't know. I had some good people work for me at the mall, but it's like, what are you going to get for? You know, nine fifty an hour. I got you guys. You guys were good, but honestly, most people left me. Um, I think we. I made like eleven. We paid pretty well for what there was out there at the time. Really, it must, you could, for I think there was a like zero. Consider we were the only ones that had to have licenses. I think that's why we got paid better. But oh yeah, I remember there was a big deal with that. The fucking licenses. I remember that. Yeah, because we could go work overtime at the other mall, but none of them could come to our mall to help us because they weren't licensed. It's a racket, those security licenses, complete racket. Oh, yeah, oh, not yeah. once did I ever have to prove it. No, it's 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 basically I I fucking hate that shit. That's basically a um tax on fucking like minimum wage workers. Like now granted the company paid for it, 
but still, like, why are you fucking? It's it's ridiculous. You never had to prove it once. You had to, it's stupid. It's the dumbest fucking shit ever. I hated it. Security guard license bullshit. I could see if you're armed. We fucking walk around a mall. Go fuck yourself. Like, we didn't even have pepper up. spray. We yeah, we did. We left it in the locker. Not one of us had it on us. Really? Yeah, not once. I had yeah, a I flashlight and med that. gloves and handcuffs. I don't. Fuck. I'm trying to think if I ever carried it now. Did I? We had a it? locker full of it, but we never did like training or anything, so I don't think we were allowed to have it. Oh, that could be probably one of those like hint, hint, wink, wink, nudge things. Like we have to give you handcuffing training, but we don't want you to handcuff 15 year olds and you know take them to the beauty salon. The company says they provide it for us, but they never want us to use it, so they can't get sued. Basically. To, to um, be fair, he's now a firefighter, and he can throw people around all he wants. He doesn't have to write a report. Either. You can fucking kidnap people, man. You guys fucking kidnap people. I don't. Yeah, you do. We don't, tra- we don't transport. Really? Yeah, but, no. but it's a you completely authorized... separate agency. Nope. I have zero say in that. Wait, so you're actually on like a true fire department? Do you guys go yes. to medicals? Yes, but so I don't know if you're familiar with certification levels. And in in this state, they recently got rid of one, but I operate below what I am certified at, essentially, because the agency we're partnered with does such a good job. We don't do any of it. Really? So I don't want to give too much away, but my understanding in a lot of metro areas I can understand service. knowing the city where you used to work and how that system operates where you could get the idea, <laughs> but we are not like that at all. <laughs> okay. So, yeah. So basically, you know, the fire department would come in and, and run the medical call. And then like basically a private ambulance service would come and do the transport. It was supposedly like a cost savings, you know, so they could pay the, the EMTs less you know, since they weren't firefighters, it was fucking ridiculous. And I, I feel like a bunch of places did that. I don't know. How, is that kind of how it is where you work, Dwight? No, uh, we have our own fire department, but it definitely sounds different than where Jim is because they will just like come in and like sweep people off. Uh, okay. Yeah, there's a, there was a that, lot of kids. That's why I make that too. Yeah, it's pretty much like it's some cases where the person's like, no, I don't want to go. They're like, well, no, you're going to the hospital. And they just like put them in there. And well, we if you're calling of, me for a drunk hobo, he's not allowed to make his own medical decision. So he's exactly, <laughs> but comparing it to like law enforcement, it's like well, we're going to get sued and fired and possibly jailed at this point. So you know, it's just interesting to watch them come in. Like, go, oh, you're going, buddy. Like, all right, sounds sounds good. Which is why we like calling them, and which is why they get mad at us. So I dare so, someone to try to sue an EMT who makes fifteen dollars an hour and drives a 1994 <laughs> Honda Civic. Good luck. <laughs> so. Since you guys um, work in the same state that I work, I have this theory that the way the statute is written on M1s, we could basically, every single homeless person in the state of Colorado could be put on an M1. I, the way it's written, I, 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 agree. I believe that. But uh, the problem that comes down is uh, probably how your brass wants to handle it. Um, and I get probably even in your city. Because the one that I'm in goes back and forth from like, well, you know, they're unhoused. Um, we have to call them the unhoused, but then, you know, we let that go on for six months and they're pooping all over everybody's stuff and, um, you know, throwing their trash everywhere. And then all of a sudden it's like, get them out of here and force the law. And then we do, it's like this constant sw- swinging pendulum. 
And then now in this state currently, you know, as well, they're pretty much downgrading um, all the offenses. So it's not even worth prosecuting or, or going after. And then on top of it, there's there's no pen. These, these people aren't going to go to court. They don't care. Um, if you do rack up enough warrants to actually get them into the jail, they're just like, cool, I have a couple of days of housing. Or cool, I'm going to spend 72 hours at, at the hospital. So, but you, you technically could. That's something that I've discussed with people. It's like they're clearly, you know, that they, they have poopy pants. I did a yeah, pat down on them, and now I smell like them for the next four shifts because I have only two uniforms, and we have a dry cleaning budget. Wow, really? Two uniforms? That's a little rough. Yeah, well, um, I mean, you could possibly say between class A's and B's, you might have like three. If you count two shirts as one wow. uniform, just two shirts. I was, I was spoiled, man. I had four pants. I had four short sleeve, four long sleeve. It was, it was kind of nice. You guys are making my city sound better and better. But the point I was trying to make is the way that is fucking word as you could. It, you can't, I mean, it would be impossible, right? There's not enough hospital beds, but all these folks out there, like they fucking need help and, you know, Let's give them housing and then they'll burn it down. It's fine. Exactly. Uh, you said something that kind of sparked my memory. There was a thing in the area I worked where, you know, you can't have a debtor's prison, right? Or like you can't just have people in jail because they can't pay their debts, which my understanding of that was more of like the civil side of things, but I, I might be ignorant to it, but I, I kind of found it funny. So what you would do is you'd have people and let's say they were convicted of a crime. And the judge would assign, all right, we're not going to put you in jail, but your fine is, you know, $150, for example, for whatever it was, some little bullshit thing. Okay. So then they wouldn't pay their fine and then they would get a warrant and people got all up in arms like, well, they shouldn't go to jail because they didn't file, they didn't pay their fine. Okay. So then they took, they put that away. And then, so if they don't, pay their fine then basically kind of nothing happens and so it basically makes everything pointless like people wanted to make an example out of that which okay i kind of see where you're coming from but then you're you're victimizing people that can pay their fines because some people can't and at, i don't know i just thought that was kind of an interesting thing i don't know if that's the same in other places but people listening I mean, does that fucking make sense? Like, all right, you did this. We have a punishment. Oh, you can't, you can't do it. All right. Well, I guess it's fine. Don't worry about it. It's, it's fucking so, aggravating, man. So the laws are like the, uh, whose line is it anyway show or the points don't matter. <laughs> that is exactly, that is exactly what it is. That is exactly what it is. Another good example. I mean, it can vary by County, but, um, you know, you have the things, uh, you know, there's a certain list that our jail will take of offenses, right? And um, if it doesn't meet that criteria, they won't take them. So your options are, you know, site release. Um, even in a felony, it could be a felony summons or it could be book and release. But like you just book them and release them and then release them right back. So, for example, going back to the homeless, you have habitual homeless people that are crapping all over the like local church or something. And we finally have contacted him like 7,000 times and given him warnings and we're getting sterner and sterner and it's ask, 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 tell, 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 tell. And he's like, finally, you're going to go to the jail. 
but now it's pretty much like, well, the gel won't take it. So what do I get to do? You know, travel five miles away from the location where they're crapping and throwing their stuff all over, book them and release them back onto the street. And then they're just going to go back and do whatever they want. So there's really no repercussions for their actions. And a similar is like even like traffic offenses, a lot of traffic offenses, especially now with like all the, I, I mean, I'd probably say it's an exaggeration, but half of the traffic stops I do, they have like a crazy and it's, or they're revoked or suspended. And it's like, there's pretty much no consequence for it. Like I'll give you a court date and you're not going to show up to it. You'll get a warrant, but the warrant, the jail still won't take. So these people are just like, screw you guys. I don't care. Um, and that's pretty much where we're at right now. So it's kind of cool out here in the, uh, the great state of Iowa. There's a, a radio station I listen to and it, it'll do like the little cr- crime blotter. And it blows my mind because they'll be like such and such, you know, police department reports so-and-so to fucking give their name, their age, where they live, uh, was driving with a suspended license. And, and, you know, they were taken to jail and, you know, released on a $300 bond. I, I it blew my mind. I was like, a fucking bond for suspended? I've watched suspended drivers drive away allegedly because I'm like, well, I can't do anything about it anyway. Yeah, you do the thing where you tell them like, hey, just so you know, you can't drive your car. But when I walk away, I'm not going to see anything. But if you get pulled over again, you know, luckily for us, like we're at the point where we are just towing cars now. So I think we're getting some of our authority back because you know, even recently, it's like, you know, I had a guy habitually revoked for DUI, and it's finally like, I'm just telling your car, man. Like, you're going to have to figure out how to get home. Because he's like, I don't have anyone to call. Well, I don't know what to tell you, because I pulled him over going into a bar where, he, you know, habitually DUI. It's like, you know, we can articulate this just fine, and towed his car, you know. So, I, I mean, that's kind of nice. We're getting back to that. But, that, yeah, I've, I've seen it numerous times. Like, okay, well. You're not allowed to drive this, but like I got like seven calls lined up, so have a have a good night. Well, and, and I'm glad you put the context off. behind that too, because it's like not it's a matter of time. Like I don't have the time to like I, I tried to not tow people's cars, especially if I knew they were in kind of like a they were decent, they kind of fucked up, got their lives and suspended. I don't want to burden them further in their life by taking their car. Sometimes it is necessary, but you know, you would try and like arrange a ride or try and do whatever. But when you have eight calls pending, you have to think like, all right, I got to go fucking take care of this shit. I just have to kind of use the honor system with this fucking dude and hope he doesn't drive away. Um, exactly. But to hear and people like, are right actually now, being punished for it is amazing. Yeah, and that, that guy, that was just kind of discretion. Most of us, it's like, yeah, I mean, they'll tell me like expired tags, for example. It's like, okay, you're expired. I get it. I have four kids. Inflation is killing a family of six. So I understand like you're, you're probably... Most people, you're probably buying food through the registry. Dude, this so is the greatest like, recovery of all time. What are you talking about? Well, yeah, I'm sorry. I forgot. Yeah. I mean, we're doing so well. Gas, you know, gas has gone down like 10 cents for a day, and then it goes up 40 cents. I forgot. Don't, don't you watch the news? Come on. Yeah, well, I, I try. I try to because they, they are the ones that tell me what is true. So. You're probably watching the wrong news, though. I probably am. It's probably true. I wouldn't have even forgotten how good it is if I was watching Reddit news. Uh, so I, I don't know if you guys, I don't know if you guys remember this, but the, talking about this all kind of reminded me of something. So as we described earlier, we had a bunch of fucking shitty kids causing problems at the mall. Which I'm just gonna go ahead and blame the shitty kids of the city for ruining the mall. I'm just gonna throw it out there, not the economy. I'm blaming these shitty fucking kids. I think they're part of it. But 
because there's no reason a, a city of that size couldn't support a mall and it had some other things going on but i mean it's still open so who knows i uh we used the to spirit halloween keeps it afloat every year it's basically that mall of spirit halloween yeah Flo- that, floats that it through the rest of the year yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> so their their rent is 1.2 million dollars for a month <laughs> uh, <laughs> look at spirit that whole mall is going to be spirit at some point we would ban quite a few people, you know, they get in a fight and they did whatever we'd fucking ban them. And which a lot of times people would fucking just leave. It was kind of amazing that people actually stayed because we had no authority to actually detain them. You know, if they left, they left kind of thing, but we'd have people stay and we get their name and call their parents and shit and, and ban them. But I felt like the cops in that city fucking hated us because like all the kids banned were juveniles. And so I'm hindsight being 2020, if they got a call, they knew they were going to have to fucking deal with a juvie. And, it, you know, I know to them it's just like trespass. But for us, that was like the only way, the only means we had to combat this fucking issue was with any amount of teeth was having the cops come and deal with it. But now, you know, helicopter view, if I was a cop in that city, if I got a, a fucking call there, I'd be like, fucking shit. Now I got to deal with this kid all night. yeah i'll say that i'll say that having perspective like you know being an lp in retail um and then like i'll respond to like a walmart for example and they show me like a video of this lady like i didn't see her selected but she put this ten dollar sweater in her purse and then like i have no suspect information like when i was an lp it was like this was like the only way we can handle this but then i would get these like when i was in the the biggest city where we're at like you'd have these officers come out and they did you could just tell they're like fuck you guy like why are you reporting this for this stupid thing and I, I never understood it but now that i go out to this stuff i'm like i kind of understand now especially like juveniles so i mentioned you know i have a i have a partner right now who he he has this knack like he'll have like this like pawn shop where there's like a van parked out front and there's people walking around it and they're like peeing on it and he thinks it's like a robbery he calls it out and it's like seven 14 year olds packed into this minivan none of them have a license so and then i find out they all have weed on them and like it just turns into this ordeal for like two three hours where we're trying to call everyone's parents get them to come pick them up or get permission for them to go somewhere because they're juveniles so yeah it's a pain in the butt when it's juveniles i mean being a rookie still i'm like sweet i got my first drug bust it's marijuana on some 14 year olds but at the same time, like, yeah, we're out there. Like, our sergeant was trying to, like, drug school. Sorry, but, I didn't mean yeah, to ruin your story with my sound bites. Your, your oh, juveniles no. and weed spurred a funny mall moment, I remember. Ex- yeah. So, yeah, do share that if you want. Um, yeah. So, and Michael, if this targets us too much, feel free to cut it. But in this state that we all resided in at the time, um, while we were working there, it legalized marijuana for, you know, adult recreational use so at the you know every mall has a spencer's gift which draws in you know teenagers this teenager got caught shoplifting from spencer's gifts and was subsequently getting banned by us so the cops came to you know take their port and at the time they searched the kid he took a little bit of weed off the kid which was fine but then when it was all said and done they were getting ready to cut the kid loose the kid looks at the cop and goes well do i get my weed back The cop was like, no, <laughs> no, you don't. But I just had to appreciate the balls on this kid to look a cop dead in the eyes and ask him for his weed back. 
Dan, a few a few years ago, you would yeah. just take his weed and his pipe and just smash them on the sidewalk and say, get out of here. But now you, you know, spend an hour doing the report because, you know, you have to. So. No, you don't. You still smash it. Be a man. Be a man. I still, Destroy I don't have evidence. the training or experience at this point to, to, you know, find those loopholes. I am proud of you for recognizing that because when I was new, I put training and experience in a report and my sergeant was like, you've been here for three weeks. You don't have any training or experience. Fucking delete that. And I was like, fuck. He's right. I've been lucky enough to have uh, my first DUI. Um, the kids uh, dad that, that you wrote for someone firm. else. No, he owned, yeah. he owned a law firm. So he actually, uh, had it, it wasn't team. your DUI. This one was mine, actually. I accidentally got it. But, um, oh, God, the hole is getting deeper. Uh, no. <laughs> uh, Dwight? But I, I did you, write it for someone else. Dwight, you were not driving drunk. It wasn't your DUI. It was your first Funny DUI thing. arrest. Funny thing is this. Okay, yeah, my first DUI arrest. I apologize. The funny thing is the lawyer did accuse me of drinking. So, Did he accuse you of doing drugs? No, no, that was only a former supervisor. And then I have a lawyer accusing me of drinking. Clearly, I have a problem. So, oh, we all drink. I wish I wish don't I do it at work. I wish I could fucking remember that. Yeah, I think you were eating too. Like, you might have been angry. Of course, I like was. You, you had to bring up that I was eating, okay? <laughs> well, I just, I'm trying, I'm trying to give you reasons why you asked me that. Do, do you know how much weight I gained working at that mall just because we could get Dairy Queen for free? Uh. Wait, you got Dairy Queen for free? Of yeah, course, Jim. You, you just you just have to be there when they close because they had to empty oh. the machines every night. Okay, I they, think I remember that actually. I got them Jim? to make me a bacon blizzard. Jim was big on the, the ice cream. I remember that. Yeah. This is kind of embarrassing, but so when I work these long fucking days, um, I actually lost a lot of weight when I was there. I don't know if I I was fat when you guys started, but I I was really fat, and then I lost a bunch of weight. No, it's all the all the bike training. It was all the bike training. Let's talk that's about that in a second. Where you where we had to take time out of our day so you could teach grown ass men how to ride a bike. <laughs> Only because I had to. TV, hold on, TV I was doing. Hold on a second. A I I was doing you guys a favor. You need. I'll, I'll explain that in a second. Okay. But my my this is what I would eat for for lunch. I would walk down to the GNC and I would get a protein bar. And then for dinner, what I treated myself to, let's be honest, man, like the simple nachos that Dairy Queen had there were fucking perfect, man. Fucking perfect. And then I'd get a blizzard. It was, I long for that meal. I was, was I was so partial good. to the pizza place around the corner. Oh, that, the pizza place was fucking fantastic. And the dude there was really cool. And he, I feel like he usually hooked us up and threw it. Oh, yeah. Search bites and shit I, I ate so much crap at the mall because we never had to pay for it so you're, you're technically supposed to pay for it but i always well, pay sure. for it but i um <laughs> i actually <laughs> fired somebody from a different mall because of that but it was because they were um so we had a policy that you weren't supposed to uh accept you know free food and what they did though, and like I feel like it was right in front of me, or or somebody. The, the else. statute of limitations on this is passed, right? I'm not incriminating myself for no, accepting gratuities like, at my minimum not, wage job. Fuck off. Screw your Fifth Amendment. <laughs> yeah, um, I plead the Fifth. But so what? What she did is, you know, we had this rule: you can't accept free food. But 
hindsight being 2020, that was a stupid rule. But when you're 22 years old and you fucking are given the reins, the fucking keys to this fucking thing, you're trying to do the right thing and you fucking see this. And it's honestly a problem employee anyway, which I don't know. The likelihood of them listening is probably pretty low, but, uh, but here's what she did. You're saying she's in prison. Probably. Here's what she did. That was shitty. It wasn't like the end of the day or anything like that. It was, she, I don't know if it was right in front of me or it was somebody else, but she, I don't remember all the details, but basically she handed them money and then they basically handed back the same amount of money and change. They had this thing set up and it was kind of like shitty how she did it. And I asked her, I was like, That's did called you do sweethearting. that? Sweethearting, yeah. Is that what it's called? Um, I asked if she did it and she's like, yeah, I, I did it. And I was like, why'd you go through all that effort? Just, you know, instead of just taking the free shit. Which, you know, it's kind of deceitful, I guess, kind of thing. Um, but so I told, you know, the uppers about it and they thought it was a big deal. And, you know, I think she ended up getting fired. I don't know if it was for that, though. Um, it was it was in the Midwest. She might have got fired for when there was a tornado warning running up and down the mall saying a tornado was coming. And it was going to destroy the mall. And um, there was not a tornado. She's just getting the word out, man. Sounds getting the word out sounds pretty pro public safety to me i don't know hmm. sounds like starting a panic but i mean that's not exactly paul revere territory but i could be wrong i was i was thinking more chicken little but she should have said the the, the, the red coats are coming so what you're saying sky is falling <laughs> that's good that's a good reference i like all of these references i i'm proud of you I think that's kind of the shit I wanted to talk about. I felt like there was one more thing, but then I went on the tangent about firing the chick. We were going to talk about oh, bike training. the bike patrol. The bike patrol. Okay. Let me tell you why I did that. Okay. The training was stupid. Okay. the train. Every bit of training for that place was god-awful and stupid. Okay. I will tell you that. We, we rode a mountain bike through cones in a flat parking lot. Well, to be fair, that's what we do with vehicles now. So, I mean, so it's only a step up. Um. I think I think it was like a thing that they wanted just to make sure that people actually knew how to ride a bike a little bit. But tell me, that was not so much better than fucking riding that car around. I love that. Oh, it was the best gig because you got to wear the comfy pants and the polo, which just looked cooler to begin with. And then you got to ride around on the bike outside for at least an hour and not have to deal with people's inside bullshit. It was awesome. I fucking loved it. And that was the to me was my favorite part was the better uniform instead of wearing like the full fucking get up, which I don't think I have a big influence on security guard companies. Stop fucking putting them in uniforms. They're not cops. You're kind of setting them up to be targeted in my humble opinion. I think security I should be in a polo. I, I always thought at the mall, we should have been in a polo. I thought the uniform was like fucking over. It was too much. Do you guys not have cop polos? I never if you're if you're on if you're on bike if you're on bike patrol if not like you will be out in 120 degrees kissing babies and shaking hands in your full polyester body armor like you know long sleeve if need be yeah i i'm a firm believer let's put the fucking security guards and polos i mean especially maybe other places i don't know but like in a fucking mall they're basically customer service okay that's what they oh, do yeah. All I did was give out directions. And... Yeah, we gave out directions. We stood in front of fucking spills. Um, you know, I there were people that said, well, and we never we never wore hats or anything, but 
uh, you know, some of them wear fucking hats and boots. Like, you know, we were supposed to wear boots, weren't we? I don't fucking remember. Or polished shoes, I think. I don't remember I don't, either. Yeah. I never, I never fucking checked, but I thought oh, it was stupid. I need, but I the, need to go off on a tangent here. <laughs> no, go, go, so, go. I can wait. While while we were working this job, I think it was right around the, after you left. But there used to be this show on TV, and it was the like mall security, but it was Mall of America. So they made it seem like a big deal. I remember that. Yeah. And you probably know where I'm going with this because your Michael's replacement, Michael, wanted to try the plain clothes <laughs> undercover security guard for I don't know what his end mean was there, but he watched the show and they have that because they have a like five story mall with an aquarium and roller coasters and millions of dollars worth of merchandise in there. And I'm assuming they can get relatively large crowds. I've been there twice. Granted, both times were during these COVID times we live in. So I feel like there was a lot less people in there than there could be. But I never saw a security guard. <laughs> anyway, they implemented that at our tiny little, what, like two dozen store mall, <laughs> if that many. <laughs> it used so, to be glorious, but yeah, two dozen. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> uh, got the lucky privilege of doing that. But she still had to have the walkie-talkie on her, so he somehow rigged up the whole earpiece BS. And I don't know if you remember what crowds would look like in the mall on a Friday night, but it was pretty obvious that she worked at the mall in some capacity and was not just a person walking around. <laughs> I'm just imagining that like right now. like, And she worked there for a while anyway. It's, it's not like the fucking kids wouldn't have fucking known. Yeah, I think she she worked there longer than I did, I think, because she was there before me, and I think she she might have left just before I did, but I don't remember. Did were you there when the company imploded or no? When the company left. Yeah, we both left. Yeah. They changed companies, right? So when I worked there, um, it was actually in-house security, and then we got uh the mall sold and so they got you know their security company which was this national security company that basically all they did was malls and they were they, international just so you they know were, yeah the international name for a domestic company and then um i can talk about corporate waste by the way uh, but and then we uh got bought out and this was before after way after i left by one of the really big companies i think there's basically two companies anymore Allied Barton's like the big one anymore. Or I think it's just Allied or Universal Allied or some shit now. Yeah, they're Universal, Allied Universal. So they don't, you know, the company that we work for basically doesn't exist anymore. But but I was I was curious what happened after that, like what goes on there now. I know I drove by last time I checked and like their security card was like a like a 94 Ford Ranger now. So they've they've kind of Oh, yeah, we, we got downhill. The, we got that after you left. That thing was a piece of shit. You <laughs> thought the escape was bad. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. Yeah. Did were you there when Michael left, or was he still there when you left? No, he was still there when I left. He he actually it's nice. On my last day, he took me out to lunch at Olive Garden and tried to convince me to stay part time. Oh, that was nice of him. Does he work there still? I'm curious. Probably not. No way. No, no, I don't believe so. I'd be super curious with that dude. If he so happens to hear this podcast, 
I'd love to talk to your goofy ass to see what you're doing these days. It would be beyond entertaining. It's got to be retired. I would. I mean, he was. Old. I would hope. Yeah, he was. I, yeah, he's a old, little bit older. Eh, I don't know. He's probably only in his fifties. So he could be like sixty now. I worked with a dude over at the other closer location that was. I mean, he seemed like he was like eighty years old, and he was constantly calling in um for because he was on graves he was constantly calling in and then i ended up working like a 18 hour shift um i remember calling the it would be the sergeant and i said hey he called in and the guy was pretty much like well you're sol i was like well, that's i don't think that's right because you're the sergeant so you should be coming in but anyway i remember i think you told me about that did i i, yeah. I feel like i remember I, hearing I, that story yeah I, I did complain to like the district guy. It's like, I'm at the point where I'm like, I'm not able to do this, this job. Cause I've been here for like 18 hours, which now that I'm in law enforcement, it's like, well, suck it up buttercup. But, um, you know, back then, yeah, uh, there was a talking to, um, at least to him because I was like, this isn't right. I mean, I'm getting paid like nine bucks an hour and you're making me stay 18, 18 hours. Cause this dude calls in every other day. So we had a guy that worked there that was like a retired cop. Were you guys there yeah. for when Julian oh, was yeah. there in the morning? I was, yeah, I was going to talk about our old day people. I loved them. Is he still around? I hope he is, man. He's a good no, guy. I haven't seen him. I'm sure he's around somewhere, but I did run into Connie. Connie, I was going to ask about Connie, how Connie was doing. Connie, last I knew, was working security at a mental health hospital facility here in my region. Here, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> Connie. Connie, uh, I think, was the only person from when I took back over or took over because I, I worked at this place. I left and then I came back as a manager. Connie was the only person I think that was there from the the other guy's reign after maybe like six months. Um, because I I caused so much trouble, I guess. But there was man, there was a lot of. Uh, were you guys there for the big fat guy that every time he came to work, he fell? And it was like a workman's comp complaint. No, it was no. not. So he worked there. there. There was this dude. And when I got there, they're like, hey, yeah, this guy, he should be back. He was out on workers comp. He fell kind of thing. And I was like, okay, all right. And then uh, like the first day back, he came and I introduced myself and, you know, that kind of thing. And I got a call. And he fucking fell. And I was like, why is he here? This dude's like, you know, 400 pounds and, you know, is waddling around the mall. Like, like you're kind of setting yourself up for failure that, you know, this, the job is a lot of walking. It was, um, it was bad. And then that ended up being like a whole ordeal. They're like, well, he fell on a, you know, a wet spot in the mall and they were trying to sue. And it's like, well, he's supposed Could he to even get to the spots. roof hatch. Oh, that damn roof hatch. No, it wasn't the roof. It was just somewhere in the mall, some wet spot. Um, no, I know, but that wasn't a that wasn't a small area or a oh, large area. Excuse me. Too. I don't. Yeah, well, I don't think not. he would have done. I don't think he would have done well on the roof. Yeah, there was definitely a. Uh, who the fuck? I don't even know if I had a super. Who my? I don't even know who my supervisor was at the time. But I had kind of a a ragtag group, and then I finally felt like I got everybody together, and then fucking Dwight left, and caused me problems. Hey. I probably yeah. had to work midnight shift because of you, you dick. I yeah I don't I mean there were some like you said life experience uh, you you left and then the mall got vandalized because Connie had to work nights I was a, I was a lost soul then you know I'm, did I make Connie work oil, nights but I'm not Connie had to work at least one night and I remember because 
for some reason I came in and the mall had been just spray painted everywhere. <laughs> see, see what and she had, she place. had no idea what happened. <laughs> no one would vandalize it when I was there. Was I there? I don't remember that. It, it might have been after you left. Oh, poor Connie. Connie was. She was also there when I left, and one of my last week there, there was a full blown shootout. Remember that, like shitty biker bar in the corner of the parking lot. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. 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 The biker bar. Yeah. yeah. My last week there, there was a full blown shootout, and that you remember that one loss prevention officer from Pennies. I forget her name, but she was pretty hardcore. Oh yeah, I think I remember her. Yeah. yeah she was there, but she was wasted. <laughs> but in her mind, she was going to help me. And I'm like, I don't even know what I'm doing right now because this is so far outside of my realm. <laughs> and I'm she, leaving she, in like two days, so I don't give a shit anymore. <laughs> she had a lot of dr- she had a lot of trauma on her, you know, AP life. Okay, she was hitting the bottle hard. Okay. That's gotta be a shitty job, AP, I would think. I mean, it I guess be. some of it could be fun, yeah. It was kind of fun when I, I mean, I being in it for eight years, there's more to it than most people think. Like they have like private investigators. Like, so I was part of a company that wanted, like they wanted me to be part of what's called a national task force. That sounds sweet. National task force. Yes. Um, But you're essentially a PI and you follow these, like, so there's something called organized retail crime. And there's these people that steal for a living. Usually they're like gang affiliated, stuff like that. Um, but like you pretty much follow them back yeah. to their houses and stuff. It's kind of fun. You know what really pissed me off? The thing that pissed me off the most about that fucking environment, and I'm still pissed off about it. And so I'm going to rant. Was it the no it. bandana rule? I actually. Oh, like that I remember fuck that. You, fuck you and your bandanas. <laughs> I, it was so much better than you guys came around. Like when I was like a, was when I was on the floor back in my day before I was a supervisor, which. I feel like I actually did walk and come work with you guys a lot of weekends, but you worked a lot. You were on the floor all the time. I, uh, when we, like when I first started like way back, it was way fucking worse, man. And I, I would say we made it a lot easier. Cause at that, like when you guys were working there, the bandanas and the fucking Sereno shit and Norteño shit was way, way less, but I actually like that rule. Fuck you and your bandanas. The, the thing that pissed me off the most, about that whole environment. And I don't know if it's every mall company, but they didn't want you doing anything with shoplifters. And the thought process was it's the store's responsibility. And I was like, they fucking pay rent. They pay you rent. I'm not saying we need to like go gung ho, but like, if you have like, you know, bath and body works and you have, you know, a bunch of like, I don't know. It's like the soccer mom's second job or like, you know, I feel like that's like a second job for people that just want free fragrances, but I could be wrong. But yeah, it was that or like high school kids. And yeah, exactly. And so there's a lot of people working at the mall. Like, you know, we're just go through there and, you know, walk through and make them feel better kind of thing. Like they're not alone in there and they would kind of let us do that. But when it came to shoplifting, you know, they didn't want us involved at all, like following people or whatever. And I get part of the liability with it is, you know, if they pick somebody out that stole something and they were wrong and, you know, we do something about it, you know, potentially there's some liability on the mall. And that's the whole name of the game with mall security is fucking liability. Everything's fucking liability, which to be honest in the public safety aspect, we do a lot of things to prevent liability. Liability apparently makes the fucking world go around, I, I guess, but it was, it was aggravating. I'm like, why are we fucking here? 
like we can at least follow this dude out to the parking lot and get a license plate. They didn't want us doing that. Well, I mean, we would, but you know, they really wanted us hands off on the shoplifting situations, which I thought was we're fucking here. They're, they're tenants paying money. Why don't we fucking help them? All we could do, we were allowed to stand there while they made contact. <laughs> yes, that was yeah, the most I, we could do. I, complete, I completely agree, especially by being in a civilian role now that I'm experiencing it from like a, you have a badge and I have to respect your constitutional rights. Like from a civilian role, it's like, I get it, the company and all can be sued, but it's like we had a lot more probably leeway and power than even law enforcement if we got them involved. Um, to the point where I'm like, show me your purse, uh, type of thing. Like, there's no Fourth Amendment for me as a security guard because I'm a private citizen. So, uh, that's something yeah, that but I would, me too. I would say you could probably sue anybody for anything. And, you know, I'm sure there's some kind of like civil thing about like stopping people. And I don't know. It, I'm it, sure. I'm sure there is. Yeah. Basically, like all the shit. If anybody, this is my opinion, all of the shit that goes like the liability size with shit. And no, I, I don't want to give away too many trade secrets, but, you know, it's hardcore being mall security. But I will say a lot of the shit that goes on behind the scenes, I think ultimately gets passed on to the customer. And I'm not necessarily saying that as like a fault of these companies, because a lot of them are going out of business. It's because of crazy lawyers. I'm just going to blame lawyers. A lab, all lawyers are bad because um I don't I don't think the B stands for bad. Yes. Bastards. All lawyers are bastards. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I was under the impression we could swear on this podcast. Oh, you can. I'm uh I'm like on my second cup of coffee and I've been up since five in the morning, so fuck off. All lawyers are bastards. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to offend you, Jim. But I would also like to apologize. Did I commit a microaggression when I refer to it as loss prevention instead of whatever? If you fucking say microaggression one more time, I'm kicking you off the podcast. I fucking could be LP or AP, Jim. I'm triggered. (laughs) I recently Uh, uh, watched a video on microaggressions. There's a story behind that. And I was watching it and I'm like, you know, these are the people that you're using as an example and these microaggressions are just fucking probably awkward or autistic people like did anybody stop to think that maybe these people mean well and they're just not articulate i don't know that was the examples given anyway i i'm triggered by that mention of a microaggression yeah i'm triggered by you mentioning that you watched something on microaggressions oh it was not not because i wanted to trust me sometimes sometimes so for my job i have to take this like or to get hired, you have to take this national testing system called the fire team test. A lot of some places use it, some places don't, but it's like a standardized thing and you get a score and then departments can uh, choose to hire you not based on your score. And part of it's watching a bunch of like HR videos and they've got supervisors in there that are lazy and one's super by the book and one's all gung ho and all the, you know, all the spectrum of supervisors you could have. And one of the favorite scenarios you get put in that you have to watch is it's two paramedics addressing a guy and one of the paramedics is a minority and the guy they're assessing is super racist toward him. And then the, the benefit or answer wants you to get to at the end is you're supposed to like ask your partner how he's feeling and he's okay. And what I wanted to write on this test was my partner's a grown ass man. He can handle his own feelings. If he wants to talk about it, I will, but I'm not going to be like, did that racist man hurt your feelings or do we need to go take the ambulance out of service for half an hour and talk about it? 
You know, you know what the if this country was really great with the proper answer that would be fucking deck that dude. I don't on. think I think it's still frowned upon to deck the guy that's having a heart attack, but hey, if he's being racist, it shows our strength. If he's being racist, fucking all then just walk away. Hey, you know what? You die of that heart attack, you racist son of a bitch. Did you did you ever have to deal with the white place. supremacist that came to the mall talking about freedom of speech? That guy was entertaining. He wore a cowboy hat with like KKK paraphernalia in it and just walked around. First Amendment auditor right there. Like that I don't remember that specific guy, but that would be something that would happen every so often. Is he told me something like 30% of American presidents have been clan members or something like that? I'm like, cool, whatever. You can't talk about it here. You gotta leave. <laughs> Private yeah, property. That, that is that is something that people often get upset about, is like, well, I have rights. Okay, well, so do property owners. Get off our fucking property. Yeah. And as was, much as you might think it is, this isn't city property. This is private property. You can go talk about it on the sidewalk if you want. <laughs> well, and if I remember right, and I'm I'm a little out of date with this stuff, but there was some like really shitty case law that came out. Like if if your mall or public, you know, your area had received any public benefit, then you could have that shit on, you know, you would have to have that that shit on your property and people like these fucking activist judges are thinking they're doing like a big favor to everybody. Look, man, I want to go to the mall and fucking conduct business. It's like the same with the kids. Like I don't want to be fucking met by whatever group handing out pamphlets. Like I just want to fucking go to the mall and do my thing. And people think, Oh, they're doing such a great thing. Well, go fucking do it somewhere else. Go do it on one of the millions of places that it's already allowed. But we would get that occasionally where, it was weird. It seemed like more often than it should like protest or weird shit at that place. And most of the time it was just on the sidewalk off the mall property. So it wasn't a big deal, but occasionally they'd wander over and you'd be like, Hey, you know, this, are you here to shop? No, we're here to do whatever. Okay. Well, you know, this isn't allowed. Well, I have free speech. Okay. Well, I'm not the government. I'm not telling you can't, you know, I'm not the government telling you can't do this. I'm telling you as a representative of this property, we don't want your picket here. Go, you know, do whatever you want. And it usually had nothing to do with the mall, but they picked the mall because it was a centralized location. It was annoying. Yeah, I think just in that city, there wasn't many other options to really have people. So and I think half yep. of them, you know, were expecting to get some sort of reaction anyway. And they were just looking for it. Yep. Yeah, that mall I think actually prepared me pretty well for dealing with people that don't know how to act in those situations. And just being able to kind of talk as logically as you can. Not that, you know, many of these people fail to, you know, use critical thinking. But sometimes, sometimes you can get through to them. I just like to think at the end of it all, we've won a lot of hearts and minds there. So just keep that in mind. You know, I, I look back on my time there as it was mostly good. Like, there was some drama, you know, like we were talking about these two guys that fucking you know, would make complaints on each other. And it was basically my life for two years until one of them got fired for doing. It was really something funny that he got fired for. It was so stupid, but it was like, you fucking idiot. He was horrible. He's a horrible human being. Are you um, allowed to say what he got fired for? I don't remember. It's the thing. Do you remember? I think, I think I remember it. So there was uh well, I don't remember what it was, but it was just like out of nowhere. And I had come in so new that I was like, where the hell did that guy go? What did he do? But I didn't know all the backstory um, that you, you've shared today. But I was like, yeah, he's just gone now. 
uh, he must have done something, but I didn't I didn't know what it was. God, I wish I remember, but I just remember it being like kind of a weird end to the saga because it was so ridiculous. But I God, I know that's not a great storytelling thing, but it was like it was 10 years ago. Give me a break. It was a while back. I just remember kind of like the sigh of relief, like this is finally over this fucking drama between these two fucking dudes. It was it was horrible. Grow up. Don't fucking be a little bitch at work. All right. That's my my advice. I have um okay. I, I don't know if I've hit these questions too hard, but I usually have a question towards the end of the podcast about the proudest moment of your career. But since it's been so Paul Blart focused, I don't know if you guys have an answer, but what's the what is the proudest moment of your Paul Blart career, if you have one? We can start with you, Dwight. Um, I don't know. Maybe maybe if Jim has something, I think I need to think. I don't know if there's anything to be proud of, so this might be a a a, a flawed question here. I've I've got a pretty good one. I'm I'm relatively I'm relatively proud of it because I remember I took a picture like a trophy when I was done with it. Uh, so we had all you know had to check all the dumpster areas was part of our daily checks, um, and there was one right behind the Foot Locker down at that far end of the mall. Everybody kind of forgot about it existed. Oh yeah. And so one of the guys that worked there. I don't know if he was planning on quitting or doing something, but he was stocking just tons of shoes, tons of stuff back there, like throughout the day, I think. And I found it at the end of the day. And so there's just this massive pile of brand new looking merchandise, not in the dumpster, but just like next to it. And so I went inside and I told the manager who was this like college age girl, probably 98 pounds soaking wet and just a, nervous ball of energy <laughs> and she had zero idea what to do about it and i'm like well he's probably planning on taking it with him when he leaves for the day and either just giving it to his friends or selling it for money and i don't know if this has happened before in the past or what so i'm like i'll help you out and we just took all this stuff and we put it in that shitty little ford escape and we drove it up to the office and we laid it all out on that giant conference table we had, <laughs> like a drug bust. And it was <laughs> several hundred dollars worth of Nike shoes and shirts and clothes and accessories. <laughs> and you know this dude just walked back out to the dumpsters and went, fuck. <laughs> but this poor girl had no idea how to handle the situation. I'm like, okay, you should probably call like your boss, like the regional manager. And they're probably going to want to fire this guy because he's the only other person who's been here today. <laughs> And since all the shoes are like men's size 10 and above, I don't think you're the one taking any of them. But <laughs> so, yeah, was that, that's, that was when I my, was there, wasn't it? I think you, you might have been there. Yeah, it's, that it's, was my proudest it's, find. I call it my bust. It's my drug bust. Did, did I give you proper praise for that? I don't know, but I'll take it now if you want to. I'm proud of thank you. you. Thank, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I love your sound bites. They're amazing. I, I got to be honest. Uh, to be fair, uh, Dwight, you worked at night. So, you know, we didn't spend a whole lot of time together, but I want Jim to know that you were one of my favorites. I want you to know that. I really mean that. Since you're go, go figure, Jim's a favorite. Like, like one of, like I'm also a favorite, or is that a dig at me? No, that was like, I mean that legitimately. Um, you, I'm trying not to forget anybody, but we should guys... do another one and get and. My buddy from Sears, who I still know, I think he would do it. 
I might. I feel like I need to like every time we say her name, I need to take it out though. Yeah, if you're gonna have her, if you're gonna have her on, we should probably take it off. Yeah, she's in law enforcement now, isn't she? She is. Yeah, she works every. She's actually good friends because you know she kind of like fell off everyone's where you know you do the cop thing you change your name on facebook you kind of go low profile i get it but she showed up recently because one of my good buddies that i've worked with for several years is getting married and she's like i guess very good friends with his future wife so (laughs) the old social media recently so she's still around yeah i occasionally I'll, i'll throw her a text message every once in a while but i always thought and let's i don't care we're just gonna talk about it now I always thought there was a little thing between you two. Are, no? are we going to go down that rabbit hole? Let's go Silence. down that rabbit hole. I got there's, no, there's, no, <laughs> there's no HR office in here. Um, no. no. Yeah, I, I asked her out once, and then it didn't go anywhere. But She said no? Uh, my friend. Said, my friend. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. I thought you guys had a, I thought you guys had like a nice little connection. You guys seemed like you got along really well. But we did get along time, really well. But, yeah, it seemed like it got awkward for a time, but it might have been a friend zone. It's probably what you said now. Probably. Uh, did you uh do you have a good story, young Dwight? I mean, I guess you know, to be a little less fun. I mean, the fact that I'll, I'll just tell anyone listening, you know, especially in law enforcement, where I know I'm just a greenhorn rookie where everything's fun. Um, but just the fact that you say like being on graves and it's crap and nothing ever happens, but being reliable is something that I'm, I'm proud to stand by. Um, just like doing my job well, embrace the suck, even though it sucks, but you know, just to know that it doesn't go unnoticed. Um, my funner story, I guess I, now that I had time to think about it was Spencer's where it was also a shoplift. I believe it was more than one of us, but I was there and the kid got busted uh, it was like a big bust, even though it wasn't my bust, it was Spencer's because they would go after people for like 50 cents, which is awesome. Um, but it, like they stole like a giant bottle of lube because uh, that was the fun part about that store. It'd be like a beer bong or lube or like some weed themed something. Um, but just seeing this teenager get busted for trying to steal a bunch of lube um, was, was, was pretty awesome. I, so those um, are, I guess my two two lessons. I too have a good Spencer's story. I um, I feel like somebody else was there with me. I might have been training somebody, but it was at night. I don't know if it was quite overnight yet, but we were walking the backside of the mall and I found an open door and it was at Spencer's and the alarm's going off or whatever. So we called the local department, come in. Dude's in there clearing it. And I hear orders and like, I hear the cops saying, show me your hand, show me your hand, show me your hand. And then he eventually walks out and nobody comes out with him. And we're all kind of like looking at him. Me and the other security guard, he's like, it was a mannequin. (laughs) 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 Funny funny story with with that. We get in my jurisdiction, hopefully this doesn't give too much away. We have a mannequin manufacturer. So you will get um, uh, intrusion alarm calls. And I haven't had the pleasure of experiencing it, but I hear it from multiple other officers. You're clearing a building looking for a human-shaped thing, and all that's in there is human-shaped things. Uh, so I guess that, I guess that you know, sounds I like straight-up nightmare fuel. Like, yeah, no, yeah. I, I wouldn't do it. You can just fire my ass. That's point. how like <laughs> Friday the Thirteenth start. You go into a mannequin factory and yeah. Jason pops out and murders you. <laughs> Seen this documentary before? No. 
now that we we worked through our proudest small moments, which I didn't give mine. I don't know if I really have one. I'm a uh, I'm probably proud, hiring us. Probably, honestly. I, I'm honestly proud of the people that um, I hired that went on to be in law enforcement. And this was maybe my fault, but I, I usually would gravitate towards people that I thought were going to do a good job rather than people that were going to be long-term people, um, which you ended up being pretty long-term. I didn't realize you stayed so long because I think you'd only worked there for like a year. I didn't realize you made it like two years with Michael. That's pretty impressive. Yeah, yeah. I was there a while. I left in 20. What did I get hired? 2013 is when I left. Okay, so I might have had you for two years because I left. I left the yeah, end I think of 20. 20- I was with you longer than I was with Michael. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I was, I was proud of the group, um, especially about the time period you were on because we had several people go on and do really cool things. So it, you know, I, I'm going to take credit for them, you know, doing, doing cool stuff and not, you know, the fact that it was them doing it, but I'll take credit for it. So yeah, my, I was proud of, uh, of you guys, proud of my work and proud of your work. Take all the credit. Good. Now, what, I'll start with you, Jim. What is your proudest moment as a firefighter? Hmm, that's a tough one. Oh. Was it the a cat proudest. in a tree? Did you make some really good chili once? Well, I have done all those things. What about what about a three hundred and wee bowling? <laughs> we don't have wees. It's all <laughs> Xbox move. No, <laughs> <laughs> kidding. Oh. I did launch a cat off a power pole once with a hose, but. That was in my volunteer days, and I think I was actually probably working at the mall still while it happened. <laughs> um, oh, that's a tough one. <laughs> Is that me eating a cat? <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, I don't know. It's it's a hard hard choice there. Uh, I worked, There's just so many of them. Yeah, there was a relatively large wildland fire in this state maybe heard about it over where you are now but <laughs> the other year took up most of my fall my first year on so that's pretty i did a lot of a lot of working days on that so pretty proud of the work that happened there but dude i fucking drove through there two days before it happened because that was in december right uh it started on my birthday oddly enough. i don't know when your fucking birthday is <laughs> uh, okay different one the, yeah. there was the one up in uh boulder but I was thinking that was oh. the one. Never mind. No. Oh, you're thinking of the the one that tore through Louisville? Yeah, that was fucked up. Yeah, that was fucked up. My aunt lost her house in that one, fortunately. <laughs> yeah, there was a I know a bunch of guys that I worked with that lost their houses up that way. It's uh, pretty rough. No, that was last year. I'm talking two years ago, the uh, uh, stand, East Troublesome and Cameron Peak when they had to like evacuate Estes Park and shit. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I remember that mm-hmm. one. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it looked like the world was ending here. Everything was orange for about two months. And uh, driving up to Estes Park the day the East Troublesome took off, it was looking like it was midnight and it was two o'clock in the afternoon. Can you, can you beat that, Dwight? I mean, yeah, I mean, given how long I've been on, I mean, I haven't had like a huge breakthrough case, but I guess, you know, it's just kind of cool. Um, I personally like interacting with the public. Uh, hopefully that's something that given what I do most of it's likely to get jaded too. Um, but just having the, the, just the, the usual interaction I do with the public having, you know, it's crazy. It's like, I can write someone a ticket and then they'll come see me somewhere in public and I might not even remember them and they're being nice to me. It's like, I just wrote you like a ticket. Um, 
kind of jammed you up and you're, you're kind of thanking me for it. So that's that's kind of cool. Um, a most recent one, I guess I had like case breakthrough that I think is a big one for me being a, a rookie, especially is just, you know, two 14 year old and there's um, a guy masturbating in front of them, um, being able to catch this guy, catch something like that. That was kind of one of my first cases like this is a real uh, shit bag and I'm glad I caught him. Um, and hopefully justice is done. Uh, but that's, that's, that's a big one. That kinda, thank you. Thank Double you. secret probation for masturbating. Yeah, exactly. On in, in, in public in front of minors, but that's kind of my, I guess my only big case I've had so far, but just the feedback I've gotten ba um, back from, you know, higher ups and just the public in general that, you know, hopefully maybe my one little sphere of influence, one person at a time, maybe I'm having an impact. I try and just remember that. Always remember being in academy, you know, them telling you, remember why you got into this job, especially when you start getting jaded um, and feel like everything's going to hell. Uh, so those, those are the nice moments. Um, being able to let a, a four-year-old come, just sit, jam on my, my siren, and then like a four-year-old will come up and ask too, and I say, go for it. No, you're never too old enough to do that. I will say, in my in my experience, the firefighters don't let people do that. So I'm just I'm just saying that for anyone listening. Oh, I'll let I'll let any kid that wants to push the air horn. Oh, good for you. Yeah. That's good. Did you Our say air horn? I did say air horn. Perfect. That's the That's sound exactly. I was hoping you would play. <laughs> it's exactly what fire trucks sound like too. I don't know if you've ever heard one close up. It's totally it's subtle, but that's the noise. Now I know, young Jim, that you were never a cop, but do you have an opinion on what the best patrol car is of all time? Oh, it's easily the Crown Victoria. Great answer. That's why you're my favorite. <laughs> I I did apply to be a cop. Did you really? I, I made it through some testing and some interviews, but in everyone anywhere. So that's all right, man. Yeah. Not, not everyone can do it, but I'm glad you're saving cats from trees and uh, yeeting them from power lines. Thank you. I'm the, uh, one of few people at my rank who's a hazmat technician. So I get to wear the marshmallow suits and go into the glowing areas. It's fun. Sounds like a good time. It's like falling Young Dwight, what is the best car, patrol car of all time? I mean, I feel like I'm being coerced to say it. I haven't. No, say, you, hold on. You, it's your opinion. You can say whatever you want. I haven't experienced a Crown Vic, but I'm a, I'm a fan of the Tahoes. And I am a fan of the Tahoes. Yeah, yeah, okay. I mean, you had that 5 0 Mustang that CSP used to have. Screw the Stadies. Way back in the day. Oh, way back in the day, Wait, yeah. they had the um, the Camaros, too. I always thought those were fucking cool, man. Dwight had one of those when we lived together, and we had aspirations of fixing it up, and then I think we moved out and left it in the barn in pieces. <laughs> really? A yeah. CSP Camaro? Uh, it, was, it wasn't a, a CSP Mustang. one. It was a Mustang. But it was uh -oh. a, I don't remember. Yeah. The, it was a, the exact year it was. Maybe Dwight does, but... Fox body? Uh, was it a Fox body there, Dwight? Wait, what? Your <laughs> old Mustang we were going to fix up at our first house that we left in the Oh, cab. that was a, yeah, that was a, it was a 73. Yeah, 73. Oh, then it was have been, what the hell? Yeah, we used to abandon that thing when we moved. Was it a Mach 1? No, it wasn't a Mach 1. 
It was my dad's though. Uh, so I had this aspiration of fixing it up. Name it after my future wife at that point. Something a 21 year old would think of. You know what? It, dude, give your balls a tug. Give your balls a tug, you Ted fucker. Now. Is that, for, is that from Shorzy? Uh, that's from uh, Letter Kenny. Um, Shorzy's same, so fucking same good. I, same I watched guy. it on the plane recently, and they only had the first two episodes, and I was so upset. It's so good. Have you seen all the Letter Kenny, though, or no? I've seen most of it. Fantastic. Here's here's the most important question. Uh, I I don't know. I'm going to start with you, Dwight. I think you know where I'm going. But by the way, real quick, one little bitch. This fucking dude. Granted, he worked on midnight shift. Apparently, I didn't give him enough attention. And positive affirmation. He didn't recognize training. my voice, or bike training, because you're it's night. It's dangerous. You need a fucking car. But you. Listen to my podcast a lot, right? And you didn't recognize my voice. I'm a little to, disappointed. To be, to be fair, my wife is a huge fan. Um, and me being new to, be to fair, the... To, to Sorry, continue. Uh, there's a sound bite for everything I tell you. Uh, no, she's a huge fan. And she actually got me into this. I haven't listened as long as she has. So no, I didn't. But once she put all the pieces together, being the supercomputer mind that she is... It made sense. But you can ask her, like, I don't, she'll say, hey, my cousin so-and-so, I'm like, who's that? I don't, I don't, I met your cousin like a dozen times and I still don't remember him. So <laughs> it, it, that, that reminds me, uh, I hate to, I didn't mean to interrupt, I apologize, but I have a, um, a sister-in-law who is a fucking spitting image of one of my friend's girlfriends from high school, right? Every time I see her, I think of this girl and I'm like, did you used to go to school here? And she's like, no, I'm from Indiana or whatever she's from. And I've done that like four or five times. I can't like wrap my head around that. She's a different person. So I, I feel you though. I know where you're coming from. Thank you. Thank you. But you, I think, you know, what's coming here. Good, sir. Have you ever shit your pants as an adult? Absolutely not. It's fucking embarrassing. I will tell you once, having having numerous children, and like I like I mentioned to you in the cop world, I apparently have a hundred children. Um, so I have eaten chicken wings, and I'm just sitting there eating my chicken wings, right? And my wife goes, "What's that on your hand?" And I look on my hand, and it was poop from a diaper that I just changed and didn't wash my hands. Yeah. So the worst part is, even after she she had mentioned it to me, I just kept eating those chicken wings because I'm like, we're already we're already bone deep in this, so. Might as well just keep it going. What? All right. There's <laughs> nothing to say to that. That's right. What like the that. fuck? Okay. First, we need to break this down, like, point by point. First, you said, no, I've never pooped my pants. Like, very pretentious. And then... There's, there's then two said, kinds of people. Those that have shit their pants and liars. I have a t-shirt that says that. <laughs> <laughs> um... So very pretentiously, you lie to all of us. But then, <laughs> but then, Plus, dude. you <laughs> fucking a you fucking ate after changing a diaper and you didn't wash your hands. Which I, look, I have a million kids. I know how it is sometimes. You know, you you eat a diaper. You're doing something else. But generally, you should be you know basic hygiene. Okay. So remember where we were. Step one. You did you you don't poop your pants, but 
you don't wash your hands after you change a diaper. And then you don't, you realize the error of your ways and then you don't correct the problem and you just continue to eat the wings. Well, I'm not eating my finger. And second of all, we can't assume I didn't wash my hands. Maybe I didn't wash my hands properly. Okay. And many of us, 98% of us don't wash our hands properly. Let's, let's be honest here. You have to sing the birthday song while you do it. Exactly. And no one does that. Just like you don't put a timer on your, your counter and brush your teeth for two minutes. Exactly. Either. So it's all estimates. actually estimates my, uh, my toothbrush. It'll tell me when it's up because it'll turn off. Well, that's white privilege. So. Thank you. Thank you. Have we hit all the buzzwords in this podcast? Are we, are we missing any? <laughs> Wait, there's an election that's... coming up do we need to anything else what's the what's that word that you're not supposed to say with a hard r but here's the thing too now you just said something even more egregious of course you eat your hands when you're eating wings you got to get all the fucking deliciousness well to you be know, fair like, i was just your... well yeah that's a good point i don't remember where the poop was on the finger um and then we can talk about the difference between breastfeeding poop and solid poops like you know you as a dad know oh yeah it's way different the yeah, worst thing different. ever is when they start eating real food and they have actual shit in their pants. It's the worst. It is the worst, yeah. I fucking hate, I despise changing diapers. I got to a point in my life where all the kids were out of diapers, all the kids were out of car or, or rear face. They could all buckle themselves in. And then I had another kid and it just started all over again and we got rid of everything. So we had to buy car seats again. We had to buy cribs again. We had to buy diaper bags again. We had to do all this shit again. Kids are paying. Here's, here's my question to you, dear host, is so have you had those moments where you're laying in bed and your wife's like the baby's crying, needs a diaper change, and you lay there and you act like you're asleep, right? And she sits and hits you and like like you just continue to just you know, do the bluff like I'm asleep. <laughs> and then especially in law enforcement, you can do the whole thing. I, I'm tired. Like it is dangerous for me to not get sleep. And you've coaxed her into changing said diaper, though it is your turn. All right, this is a weird reference. Follow me here. There is a um, a point in Saving Private Ryan. They're holed up, and I think in a church or something, and they're kind of telling stories about back home. And yeah. one of the guys is talking about when he was a kid, he would pretend he was asleep, I think, when his mom came into the room or something at night. And, it, like, now he really regrets that, you know, instead of spending time with his mom or whatever. And, you know, is I never understood why I did that. That's basically what it's like to be a dad, except like you don't really regret it because I don't want to change diapers. So yeah. I've slept a lot. I mean, I was sleeping the whole time. I don't remember any of it. So I don't know what you're talking about. I think you're well, me either, you need to change the diapers. And the worst part, and the worst part is my wife very well knows it. I mean, she found out who you are. So I don't know why I continue these stupid games because she already knows and she's compiling it all into some supercomputer somewhere and uh, she will remind me of it for the rest of my life. So Yeah, why would you say this on something you know she's going to listen to? She's going to as soon as you publish it. Like she's uh, chomping at the bit to hear this. I'm Should I take lie. it out to save you? No, I mean, we're already this far in. Yeah. Okay, okay. I'll live with the yeah. cons. She already knows anyways. She just, this is my confession tapes. Okay. 
Yeah, the fucking deny, deny, deny. Okay, stop. Don't. That's not my boys. Those aren't my pants. What are you talking about? Exactly. It's legal anyway. Yeah. Jim? Exactly. I assume since you're not a liar and you're my favorite that you've pooped your pants. Oh, yeah. I will preface it with I was sick at the time. I was four months old at the time. I guess I did lie. So <laughs> The question's as an adult, sir. I stand, I I stand by my statement. This is, a, this is actually a mall-related story. I'll, I'll cut the name out, but do you guys... I just remember the lady that was like in charge of everything, but had no idea who I was, even though I worked there for several years. Okay, hold on a second. The lady that was like the mall manager for a while. Yeah. That lady. Do you know yeah, who her. she might, and she was like kind of like a train wreck, if we're being honest. Yeah. Yeah. It always seemed like it. her life was not together at all. She, uh, since we're doing office references here, she's Jan. Totally Jan. From the office a total like she kind of presents herself as like a professional but like she's basic she was basically a train wreck are we, are we tracking? yep that's the one me. okay yeah we're talking about the same person what about phil was phil still there phil left eventually didn't he i don't remember when he left i don't remember phil was the he maintenance the maintenance, maintenance maintenance manager uh yeah he was there okay that was a good dude um yeah, what about Joel, the maintenance guy? I like that dude. He was cool as shit. He was always hiding out in the electrical See, rooms. He was the he was the plant guy. Yeah, the plant guy. Yeah. He was cool. And oh yeah, the plants. Yeah. He, he was either gonna be the super like the coolest dude alive or a serial killer, and there was no in between. I I would lean towards coolest guy alive. He was pretty cool. He was one of the few people like I really liked talking to him when he was around. He's just kind of a cool, chill dude. Um really you know what? Yeah, he could murder some people. That's that's probably true. Yeah, I I think he said maybe ten words to me the whole time I worked there, and I think if he was going to kill somebody, he'd just chop them up, feed them to plants, and we would never know. I'm gonna have to cut. Okay, I got a story, but yeah, I always thought he was cool. I I, I had conversation. You're, you're gonna wind up cutting half of this podcast. <laughs> no, yeah. Um, but anyway, I'm getting way off track here. But the poop story. So there was a lady that worked in the front of the mall for a while, and before your guys' time, this is this was back when I worked the, in the floor, you know, hardcore, taking bandanas off people and shit. She told this story about when she was sick and she pooped her pants. And then her weird husband, who this guy was weird as shit, um, cleaned her up. And she knew that was the moment that she was going to marry him. And I just remember hearing that story thinking, Maybe you don't share this one publicly. I don't know. That's what a 50-year marriage is made of, if you ask me. Could be. It could be. Cleaning up each other's shit. Could be. Really could be. I I mean, my wife probably... Never mind. I'm not going to talk about leaving poop stains on the toilet. It's different. It's different. <laughs> or peeing on the floor. As men, we pee on the floor a lot. Be a man, pee on the floor. Dude... That's the worst part about having kids is the boys just fucking pee wherever. There's piss. I'm all kind of proud place. of them. I'm kind of proud of them. One day you'll make a good husband. That's what I think. Yeah. You guys Sometimes are really selling makes... this having children thing. It's great. Dumb. If she if she makes me mad, I will pee on the floor on purpose. It's kind of like the dog, like your your dog, Jim. You know, if they if they if they pee on the floor. Yeah, I think that was out of spite because I had to take him to the vet today. So. <laughs> <laughs> 
Exactly. Exactly. So sometimes your wife makes you mad. She's right about everything. You just pee on the floor a little bit. I'm really concerned about some of the things you've said today, Dwight. Um, This is one. Eating baby poop is another one. Uh, Squaring up to a 13-year-old is another one. There's a reason you were on nights, buddy. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a loose cannon. Yeah, be careful around this guy. I'll be case law one day. So uh, I feel I feel like we're kind of winding down here a little bit, but I have a question for both of you, okay. since you're both in law enforcement. When was your last desk pop? <laughs> you know what the rule is on desk pops? Don't ask, don't tell. It's true. We don't talk about desk pops. What happens... In the desktop, desk pop club stays in desk pop club. That would be a hell of a desk pop if we're being honest. <laughs> Wish you guys had uh, Tommy guns. My question for you, Jim, is are there actually any jokes that firefighters have with police officers? Because it seems like we have a ton and you guys don't have any. I've heard of the blue canary one, but that's that's all I've heard. Oh, yeah, there's tons. I don't know. Where, I don't even know where to start. I could riff on donuts for like an hour. Actually, it's pizza. We love pizza, not donuts. Pizza now. Pizza is 21st century cop cop food. No, it's still donuts. He's a rookie. He doesn't represent cops. Don't listen to him. It's still donuts. All right. I'll I'll learn it. Always donuts. I'll learn the way it's master. Well, we are winding down. Do you guys, I'll start with you, Jim. Do you have any imparting words of wisdom for all the millions of listeners to this podcast? Uh, yeah, I would recommend, you know, staying as far away from law enforcement as possible and being a firefighter because people bring you food. It's awesome. It's also true. That w- that kind of hurt, to be honest with you. A lot of times these are like really inspirational, um, but that one, I'm so- that I'm one kind of hurt. No, it's okay. It's I have okay. to be defensive because I'm outnumbered in this podcast. We're all friends here, man. I already said you were my favorite. <laughs> I know. Curly headed fuck. Are you yeah, still that... curly headed fuck? <laughs> no, my hair magically turned straight. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I don't know if you went bald from the, the stress of working at that mall. Uh, no, not yet. Okay. It is. It is much more gray. It's sad. You have gray hair. Ish. You're not that old. You're not even that old. I have gray hair. Yeah. Well, you're old. No, you guys are the same age. We're the same age. He's older than me, actually. So you guys, you guys work nights, so you just stay up. I get woken up repetitively. It adds its taxes. Wow, wow, wow! I eat till I'm sleepy, and I yeah. sleep till I'm hungry. I, I sit in my nice warm bed from about nine thirty p.m. on, and then I get woken up by these incredibly loud noises. It's stressful. Your balls tug, you tit fucker. <laughs> <laughs> Dwight, Dwight, do you have any impending words? I'm, glad, I'm glad. I'm glad. I will be. I guess more philosophical. I don't. Um, I mean, again, just uh, I know I'm still the, the bright eyed, wet behind the ears rookie, but I just try and keep in mind uh, just uh, every little thing you do, just do it to the best. And I think that's what's helping me um, in the job so far or in any job you do, um, whether it's graves at mall security or, or doing what I do now or just being a parent or whatever you are, just uh, give every little moment uh, your all. And I think it'll be fulfilling. At the end of that, was that philosophical enough? Yes, Barry. I'm inspired. 
Shut, shut your shut your mouth. When I go back to work in four days, I'll give it hundred and ten percent. You will sleep hundred and ten percent. Yes. Well, thanks, guys. I appreciate your time. Of course, this this was fun. I think we need to do another one and get yeah, more people. Fun. Yeah, you. I think we're gonna have to do like the mall reunion episode. I'm gonna try and fucking round round up as many people as I can. I don't know if everybody else is entertained by it. I I hope. Uh, I was kind of hoping you guys were gonna have some more shit to talk about me back in the day because you know, I I don't know you know sometimes we, li- know we legitimately liked working with you. That I've had a lot of crappy bosses. You're not you're not on the list. Yeah. I like that. You're one. You were one of the good ones. Who's watching TV in the background? Sorry, it's not I. Dick. <laughs> I really respected you. Um, I'm going to watch TV while I do this podcast. So Cle- clearly, Jim doesn't here. control his house. <laughs> no, no, I do not. <laughs> Who are you married? Mm-hmm. I am. Good you, man. Yeah. Last, you. last back in May. Good for you, buddy. <sighs> Boy, that escalated just, quickly. Just not got really. back from our honeymoon. It was awesome. I've been married for um, a long time, over 10 years, and I've not gone on my honeymoon yet. Someday. Uh, if you want, if, here, here's a good outro for y'all. If you want poorly made, Michael, a.k.a. Lenny, a.k.a. whatever fucking bullshit name I'm using, to go on my honeymoon, the pressure's on you to buy some merch. How do you like them apples? Go buy some coins. Still want that, still want that challenge coin, yeah. Yeah. Oh, you motherfucker. Yeah, I'll, I'll take care of you. But I want to challenge um, coins. Hold on a second. You motherfucker. <laughs> you guys are killing me. You got to send me shit. I need some shit for my walls. I'll send you, a challenge. you want a you. challenge coin? You want a patch? What do you want? You want a patch? Yeah. yeah. All of it. Send it all. all right. I'm into all right. it all. Send me your and address. That, I'll send you some stuff. Okay. That goes for all you motherfuckers, too. If you got a patch and you're holding out on me, send it to my headquarters. You just send me a message. I'll tell you where to send them. But you guys do all the fine things you do to take care of the podcast, whether that's buying some merch, taking care of our fine sponsors. Don't forget to tell them that you heard it from me. Uh, all that good stuff. It matters. It helps. And it keeps a shitty podcast going. So with that said, remember, mall security guards are people too. And fuck them bandanas. And I love most of you. Bye-bye. <laughs> <laughs>